Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender, and there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Hello, folks, and thank you again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also the member of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Now, tonight, I'm just going to take a few moments in the beginning of the show. Tonight, I want to dedicate this show to Robin Kelly my lost firstborn who uh, passed away 16 years today. Uh, So if you would bear and give me a moment, just uh, some silence to uh, think about Robin for a moment. And Robin, I love you. I hope to see you in whatever realm, world, dimension, or wherever you're at. Hopefully I'll be able to see you again someday. But tonight uh, we do have uh, Christina Tobin from Free and Equal uh, on tonight, and I believe uh, we have her on the line uh, here. And so let's go ahead and open up the mic. Thank you very much, Christina, for coming to the show. How are you today? Is this Christina or John's mic I just opened up? Hello? Hello, is this John? Yeah. Oh, sorry, John, I... uh, I knew our guest tonight was going to be calling in from Skype, <laughs> so I seen uh, a Skype caller come up, so I uh, thought perhaps it was her. So I'll go ahead and, and get you back in. Just remember to push that uh, one on the number dial when you're ready to come in. I'm actually, actually, uh, I think uh, she's hopping on now. She just sent me a message on Facebook. Uh, thank you very much, Christina. Uh, we'll be seeing her shortly. Uh, so, but yes, thank you very much, folks, for coming to the show. Uh, and giving me that uh, spot uh, for my dedication for Robin tonight. Uh, I can't believe it's already been 16 years, but uh, as I said earlier, hopefully one day. Now, of course, we will be talking about uh, the going on the election, uh, of course, uh, with Donald Trump, and also be talking uh, about uh, his pick. Um, hello, uh, David. Uh, can you hear anything yet? I see you in the chat. Uh, make a remark saying if you can uh, hear anything. I see, I guess I'll say something here in the chat. Uh, okay, and we'll see how that goes. I know I was able to hear uh, John when I got him on, and so perhaps we'll be able to uh, hear other folks uh, when they're on as well. So thank you for letting me know that. Hopefully, we're not having any. Uh, technical difficulties uh, for that. So uh, tried ringing number, not working. That's interesting. Okay. Let me uh, do this again. I'm typing right now to our guest. He's uh, technology great. (laughs) There we go. 
Let's see. Aha, I got the number wrong. I put three four seven nine four five seven four two seven. That's seven four two eight. And if you would like to uh, be a part of our show tonight, give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. And go ahead and push the one on the number dial. Uh, perhaps, uh, David, uh, if you can hear us, just let us know in the chat. Whether you're listening here on Blog Talk Radio or if you're also listening from the website, uh, welcome to the show. And that, speaking of the website, if you're not there or have not visited, I, I do have got a little bit of updating to do. Uh, but visit it at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And it looks like uh, we did lose somebody from chat. Perhaps they will uh, come back in. And so let's see here. Uh, we'll be uh, waiting for guests. So as I was saying, we will be talking uh, about Donald Trump and his VP pick as well. Uh, now, he hasn't chosen it, of course. You know, there are some speculations, so that's going to be. I do want to talk about our petition that we said we were going to be uh, putting up, uh, and we have, and it's been a little less than a week. Uh, we've got some signatures. We're at a little bit over 900 uh, signatures for the petition. And so if uh, you'd like to, uh, definitely check it out on Facebook uh, where you'll be able to find the link. And we can talk more about that, but I believe we do have our guest here on the line. Uh, thank you very much, Christina, for coming to the show. How are you? And sorry about uh, being off by one digit. I must have hit a little typo there. Well, no, no worries. Thanks for having me on tonight, guys. It's a pleasure to join your show. Well, it's a pleasure having you back on. Uh, I know we had you on back in 2012. Uh, it's always good to, to have you back, and uh, I hope you're feeling much, much better than you were the past couple of weeks. Thanks so much. I uh, just kind of got that uh, that spring uh, cold or whatnot, but uh, feeling much better, and it's uh, great to be back on the show. It feels like it was yesterday, but I guess been almost half a decade so thanks for thinking of me oh my gosh yeah wow it's yeah it has been four years almost a half a decade that's incredible well because you know when you when you're busy and i know you have been and i definitely want to hear more about that uh you know that's actually one of our questions but for those who aren't as familiar with you as uh our regular listeners are and those who've been listening since 2012 uh, just tell us a little bit more about your background uh you know tell us about you know why and why you started uh free and equal well, sure. You know, when it comes to busy, I feel like uh, we can all make time for things that matter. And no matter how things um, evolve with Free and Equal, which is looking to be very much on the rise here, uh, even more so, more than ever in the near future, you know, you, you always make time for things that matter and the people that supported you since day one. So um, Free and Equal Elections, we're a 501c3 nonprofit whose mission is to broaden electoral choices through education. So I founded it in 2008 when we hosted the first alternative debate uh, next to the Commission on Presidential Debate. Uh, that was alternative uh, alternative debate that was actually uh, nationally televised on C-SPAN too. So that was a creation in 08, and uh, you know for the last eight years I've been at that full time. I've been an advocate for bringing about true electoral reform throughout the United States of America and addressing the rigged system. But not only that, uh, offering the solutions that I feel will bring about accountability uh, within our, our government system, which I know is a bold thing to say, but, um, you know, that is the only direction we can go in, in a very peaceful, harmonic direction. I'd love to discuss that in greater detail. So um, between our debates and our United We Stand festivals and our electoral reform symposiums, we're 
we're gearing up for a, a massive tour throughout 18 and 20 across the U.S., so that's pretty exciting to, uh, to fix this rigged electoral system. Well, and two things. One, I know Trump's been saying that a lot about the, uh, you know, the system being rigged, and I think there's a lot, you know, a lot to that. You know, I mean, even with the, the, the way the primaries are, uh, at least with the Democrat and Republican uh, parties there, it's also rigged towards, you know, just having uh, the Republicans and Democrats being, you know, there in the, the top two and not hearing any other voices. And I know that's a big part of what Free and Equal is about to hear, you know, a lot of the alternative parties. And, and I think one thing that the uh, – GOP debates have shown to us is that, yes, you indeed can have five people up on a stage on national media and have a debate where, you know, and of course, you know, the, the, the main two probably get most of the time as they did with the, the debate when there's five on there, but they've shown that you can have a successful debate with five people on the stage uh, sharing their ideas. Yeah, definitely. We achieved that, uh, on a monumental level in 2012 when broadcast legend Larry King and myself moderated the free and equal elections presidential debate, truly an open debate. And we had four candidates, Green Party, Libertarian, uh, Justice Party, and Constitution Party participate. We truly changed the national dialogue. So I don't trust the Commission on Presidential Debates. The CPD is run by the former chairs of the Democratic and Republican Party. And the legal women voters re- retracted their support from the Commission on Presidential Debate, CPD, back in 1988, stating, and you can look it up on Wikipedia, it perpetuated a fraud on the American voters, a fraud on the American voters. So, um, you know, even if the CPD were to open it up, let's say, to a third candidate, I don't know if their intent, uh, if you look at the sponsors, the, the people um, that are supporting it are, are very um, questionable backgrounds. Um, you know, it's kind of a little bit creepy, too, for that matter. But, um, you know, it is a tool that the two-party system uses, not only those debates, uh, ballot access, the rigged system, to, to control and keep and create this false illusion that there's, there's only two parties. And, wow, neither one of them are serving our interests. They're serving the powers to be, follow the money. So, uh, in any case, if the Commission on Presidential Debates were to open it to, like, for example, a libertarian, Gary Johnson, um, it, it might mm-hmm. be in bad faith. It might be to, you know, split the vote between, you know, try to, you know, drive attention away from Trump to Gary Johnson because, you know, the two-party system really wants the, you know, Hillary Clinton follow the money. She, she, she listens. You know, they work together behind the scenes, and and Trump's a bit of an outsider. He's definitely not perfect, but he, uh, you know, Sanders is an outsider for sure too. Uh, but it's it's pretty interesting. I I wouldn't trust that that platform would treat me fairly if I were Gary Johnson, but if they bring in the, the green green party candidate and libertarian party candidate, Jill Stein and Gary Johnson, well then um, I would have to say uh, uh, good for the commission on presidential dates, but still the money behind it, the people who run it. Uh, I, I don't think I would be a part of it to be frank. If I were in their position. One, yeah, I've heard a couple of things. One is that you know, I heard Gary Johnson somewhere is pulling anywhere between 11 to 15%. And, uh, our panelist Kelly's uh, talking with folks, and including I think uh, Dan uh, or Judge Gray, who uh, was on the show back in 2012. We we interviewed him, uh, and recently we had uh, Virgil Good uh, back on the show, where uh, you may or may not know, I probably do, that he actually endorsed uh, Trump for uh, for president this time around. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you know, definitely an outsider, and definitely, uh, you know, the powers that be. I, at least I see it. You know, certainly don't. 
uh, wanting to, and I, I think we may indulge uh, more in that conversation <laughs> later on in our, our interview tonight. Uh, if we get, you know, if we're able to get there. Um, so, you know, a lot of folks are saying that, you know, of course this year, you know, it's, it's election year. It's, it's been unprecedented. The amount of voters coming out voting, uh, you know, how much popularity the two, at least in the, the Republican and Democrat parties have been, you know, the outsiders, as you point out with Trump and Sanders, and where it's, you know, unprecedented people are calling it that. Some people are calling this the election year of the people or the election year of the outsiders. You know, being, you know, with all the experience that you've had and all the things that you've, you've seen in the past, you know, at least four years, do you think that's really the case? Do you think it's really, think it's think really starting to open you know, up? I, I think uh, we are. It's, it's one election cycle. It's one presidential cycle. It's a big one. Um, but I think uh, Sanders and Trump, in very different ways, have really paved the way, uh, and, and along with the roles of Ralph Nader and Dr. Paul and, you know, to the Dennis Kucinich, to the Ross Perot's, Andersons, and Ventura, as the list goes on, they've really paved the way for an independent uprising. And, um, you know, I've been a, a real big advocate consistently for quite some time that, Parties just don't work. As they become larger, they inevitably become infiltrated. Um, we know that within the two-party system. Unfortunately, I've seen it within the National Libertarian and Green Party as well, um, though I still support them getting ballot access and the candidates like Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, if they were to be nominated, or other ones, Austin Peterson and uh, McAfee on the Libertarian side and so on Green. Um, you know, I, I want to see these candidates uh, you know, have a chance to be voted by the people. But I see them all as individuals, and I see um, parties fading away and an independent, again, platform movement. And that's where Free and Equal Elections comes in as the umbrella group to bring <clears throat> all these sort of individuals and celebrities and people that have been blacklisted in Hollywood and, and, and the music industry. It's another tool the system uses to manipulate and control us on top of media and all the rigged electoral stuff uh, I could elaborate on, on greater detail. But we know the problems. The, the question is, what's the solution? Well, uh, mainstream media is focusing on the presidential rates, but the races, that is, but they're not as important as the congressional races and the local races. That's where the true change is at. And, that, and that's where free and equal elections are going to come in and, and help educate and, uh, and inspire individuals to, to run for these local and congressional uh, races throughout the U.S. 16, 18, and 20. And Christina, you really need to start uh, stop doing that. You're actually answering my question before I'm even asking it. Oh. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That's okay. That's what I was going to ask you said, you know. <laughs> You've done your research, and that's a cool flow. So I'm all about having a conversation, and it's kind of cute. You're the first person to say that. There you go. Well, yeah, because it was um, – well, you know, as I said, and here's my question here, I, it was like the sixth or seventh one down the line, but, you know, I, asked, you know, I think much of the focus for the alternative parties, at least, especially have been around the national elections, at least, you know, we're looking at 2012, even back to 2008, and, you know, and this this one as well, and I was just contending that they should use a, a bottom-up approach, you know, and perhaps that would be more effective, but as I said, you just kind of uh, addressed that already, <laughs> and if you thought that was a better approach. Oh, but you've already answered that well, one. I, I could elaborate. You know, I am sure, involved in my, in my local elections here. I live in um, the headquarters of Cambria, California, and the Central Coast, and I am so involved in my local, local elections. In fact, the local newspaper was kind enough to do a full story on me, front and center. That was pretty cool and humbling to see. 
But, you know, I've stood up. Um, there are uh, at least four out of five local board members on the water board here in Cambria that just don't uh, appear to lack accountability. And I'm a uniter. I've, I'm putting together events, uh, community-style salon gatherings uh, with um, music and making it fun. You know, we have through conversation, we'll bring about solutions. And already, uh, you know, within several months, we now have one, two, three, four people, and then some maybe that are planning on running for local office, and they're being asked by the community to do that. And, um, you know, so the root of our, our corruption or therefore lack of accountability, it really, it really needs to focus on the local level and thumbs down to the mainstream media focusing so much on the presidential races because, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just the congressional and local are far more important. So um, I, I anticipate there's going to be a huge shift. As you can see, the funding, for example, for the GOP, they, I read an article, they really kind of stopped fighting the whole Trump thing, went right into funding to, to protect those congressional seats. Well, um, they need to all be replaced. If Trump were elected, I'm not sure how much movement he would have with Congress versus Hillary Clinton, you know, being an operative of the two-party system. I have a feeling they would work, uh, you know, quite nicely with her behind the scenes, uh, both parties alike, because, again, you know, they're a team and they're a business, and they want to stay in business. (laughs) Well, yes, certainly, and I think that's why there were so many, both on the, you know, so-called right and left that were just throwing everything at Trump to keep him from getting the nomination. I mean, you had Democrats attack him. You've had, obviously, the Republicans attack him. Uh, you know, media attacking him, you know, politicians attacking him, everybody. And one of the things else sounds like, you know, here's the thing. If you got all these powers that be who are attacking somebody, there's got to be a darn good reason for it. And if they're attacking him, that, that's where I might uh, want to show some support for because there's got to be, a, you know, a really good reason for them doing that. Uh, and that's definitely, at least for me, thinking that he's not, him being president is not in their best interest. Uh, and so we'll see how much, you know, if he does get elected, how much change there would be from it. Yeah, I think it could be pretty stagnant for uh, two, four years, which allows for time for a truly independent uprising to come about. I, I mean, you know, I do see Trump, Trump that isn't uh, Sanders, uh, as independent. I mean, that's the uh, Sanders background is independent. But, you know, shifting back into that local election, um, you know, that is just so important to start attending your local meetings. Yeah, is it fun? I don't enjoy going to a local meeting and sitting there for two or four hours, but it's a duty. It's a duty for our country. It's a duty to get involved. It's a duty, uh, you know, to participate. Because for me, if with the free and equal elections, I'm going to work with so many others to make change on the national level. I've got to first mm-hmm. and foremost make change within my local elections. So, you know, Emmy award-winning actor Ed Asner is actually going to be coming to Cambria uh, to speak. And we're releasing a video, maybe even tomorrow, of him calling out for Cambrians and just people to get involved in the local elections. Remember, remember the Mary Tyler Moore show. So we're going to be moderating a panel together, Freedom Bus, uh, in July 15th in Las Vegas, Planet Hollywood. But, uh, you know, I'm pretty stoked to see a celeb doing that. And I see some others turning their heads to maybe come to Cambria. So I really think it could be on the map to say, hey, look, this little town, uh, you know, really made some, some change. They replaced these people in office and... Um, you know, and, 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 and we need to do that throughout the United States of America, and we can and we will. We have to. It's our duty, for sure, to get involved. Well, we've all heard the phrase that all politics are local, and uh, there's definitely one country that, that that stands true with that, and that's over in Ireland. Uh, are you familiar with the, you know, the Irish political voting system and their party system there? 
Because I think that would be yeah, a, I, I, I've always said for years that that would be a great model for, for us if we're going to open up the uh, elections. I'll zero in on that more. I'm learning so much about elections. I hope one day to be able to travel to most, if not every country in the world, and meet with like-minded leaders. I mean, we are one world, you know, this is one little place called Earth in this huge galaxy, you know, in this speck of time, this freckle of, this, you know, a blink of an eye of time we have on Earth. Why don't we just live here in peace and harmony and, and enjoy the nature and the beauty and around us? So, um, yeah, no, I definitely am with you on that. So. Yeah, because, you, know, you know, I studied that a lot in college and now I'm Irish and so, you know, I just keep it up there, read a lot of the history, uh, things of that nature. And they've got a multi-party system. I like the way they vote. You have, it's preferential voting uh, they have there in Ireland where, you know, you pick your, your first choice is, your second choice. It's really math, you know, really mathematically complex how they decide the winner. But then they all, But they have to have a coalition government in order just to make things work. Um, you know, so they actually have to, from the different parties, actually team together in order to uh, build uh, a viable uh, a viable government, and you know, to they have their next election. Um, so, uh, you know, I do see Kelly. You want to chime in? We're going to bring in in a couple minutes. I know you'll probably have uh, some questions too. If anyone else would like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, or give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. And so, you know, one of the things I want to make sure we talk about more of uh, before we're bringing Kelly is, you know. I've seen that back in 2015, you had one. You're looking like you're going to do it again this year, and that is about the United We Stand Festival. Um, yes, you know, uh, back in Ireland, briefly, the multi-party system, um, awesome, uh, and also, uh, you know, the <clears throat> instant runoff voting is just such a great, you know, form of alternative voting methods. There's approval voting, range voting. There's so many different types. We don't have that in the United States of America, again, because the two-party system doesn't, want us to really choose outside of them. They create this false illusion that our vote is wasted because of X, Y, Z, when in fact we could just implement something like IRV, instant runoff voting, um, you know, in the United States of America and get rid of that. Uh, but they don't have the intention of doing that. Another reason in many why we need to replace Democrats and Republicans alike on all levels of office. But um, 2016, United We Stand Fast, man, it's like our third year we're doing this. I'm going in. It has been quite a, a ride. Um, you know, I've had a lot of experience putting on presidential debates, and now I feel like we're really breaking through uh, with our team for the United We Stand Fest. So it's uh, definitely slated here at University of Colorado Boulder, uh, October 25th, co-hosted by uh, Student Voices Count, and lots of other student groups are rising, and uh, the dean and faculty have been really cool with us so far. They want tickets, and it's going to be at the Mackey Auditorium, a whole 2,000 uh, musician John Prine, I think, is playing there this in, ju- in June, and, um, and 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 Snowden was there on live feed recently. Like really, a artistic, beautiful venue. So I'm really stoked to have um, those musicians on our stage, and we're going to do the United We Stand Fest. I thought, hey, you know what? Why don't we just throw in our presidential debate after the fest? I mean, if we happen to have headliners oh, wow. that are really big names, I mean, we definitely got pending. Um, we haven't even put it out yet. Public Enemy 2.0. Uh, Chuck D performed at our fest last September. Jahi, uh, Public Enemy, or PE 2.0, that is the next generation of Public Enemy. Um, you know, they're on board for the fest, and the list is growing. Group called Earth Guardians. We're going to have children. Young is on the stage. Um, indigenous leader of Earth Guardians. He recently spoke 
uh, 15-year-olds in front of the United Nations. He's recently sued the U.S. government, you know, on environmental issues stuff and all. But um, very cool indigenous leaders, maybe mothers, uh, you know, will have a um, – a um, acapella choir group from the University of Colorado student group there, you know, 10, 15 of them, um, and really sing maybe the national anthem with heart and meaning and, and, and going back to the roots of, of really, you know, working interconnectedness and unity and community and coming together. So I'm really stoked to see that happen and it to really evolve into a, a tour throughout 18 and 20 with, with, with really the goal of, um, of educating and forming and as we become uh, through an awakening of the nation, people are going to get involved locally in their elections. Because again, my conscience is like, that's why I run for an equal. My conscience that I got to do this. Somebody's going to do it. I don't see it being done at this sort of level. Um, and I'm all in, you know, for the remainder of my life. It's, it's, I love it so much. What an honor to be, you know, the founder of this, but you know, it's, it's about building others. So I'm, I'm really stoked to see how this evolves. I see a documentary crew already growing. Um, our flawless production last September in L.A., it was a smaller crowd versus 14, but it was a higher quality of people that, you know, no alcohol, just a very high conscious group of people we're attracting. Social media is going to be a huge game changer for us as well, uh, and the blogging too for Free and Equal Elections. So I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. And it'll be live yeah, at freeandequal.org for those who can't make it. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and maybe it will, uh, you know, definitely like to you know get you on there. And then maybe uh, we could do some kind of simulcast or something like that. I think that'd be kind of neat. Uh, I know when you guys did the uh, the debate, we I, I believe, I mean, it's four years ago, so I'm hoping my memory serves me correctly. I think we did a simulcast <laughs> uh, there uh, of that debate. I know uh, shortly afterwards, that's when I got the opportunity uh, to meet Virgil Good, he was actually coming back from Chicago. Uh, he was driving through Troy, Ohio, uh, back to Virginia. And I was like, oh, man, he's going through Ohio. i got to take the opportunity to meet him. And so I drove up there. I tell you what, salt of the earth guy. And, um, you know, I was running late, yeah, and I called him. I said, Virgil, I said, I'm running late, so if you guys, you know, have to go and, and, and be on your way, you know, I completely understand. And, you know, and – he answers like, no, Robert, just give me a call when you're close and, you know, we'll, we'll get you directions to the, they're in this little, uh, this little restaurant, you know, this little family restaurant. He said, just get close and I'll make sure you have the right directions <laughs> to, to find the place. And I'm like, okay. So I got close and I called him and lo and behold, they did, they waited. <laughs> so I went there and I had lunch with them and uh, I think it's, you know, some burgers and fries just sitting there with, him and his wife and some of his campaign staff. And I tell you what, salt of the earth guy, I mean, you just stand there and talk to him. You're like, yeah, this guy's running for president, but you know what? If you were to just, you know, and he had his suit on and stuff like that, but I mean, if you were just talking to a guy, you know, at a, at a family restaurant, you know, he's just a guy. <laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was an incredible experience. It's definitely one I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, Constitution Party candidates have been pretty cool. Since the Constitution Party is so small, I can say that's the third party that I have always seen utmost accountability with. But, you know, again, as parties become larger, that, that seems to inevitably change because parties attract people who want power. But, yeah, you know, Virgil, not everybody agreed with his viewpoints, nor really anyone on our panel, um, you know, uh, probably agreed with more than not for all of them. But uh, he's not owned by anybody. He speaks his mind. He's an individual. He has his viewpoints, and he has the right to express those viewpoints, and that's what our platform's about. 
and then let the people decide, you know, which candidates um, on a presidential and in the future, we'll actually uh, plan on launching online debates, you know, through our app, uh, free and equal election system app. So imagine if there's five, 10, 20 people running, we can incorporate those online debates, similar structures. People get a feel of who they might be interested in voting for. But um, yeah, Virgil's a down to earth guy. Chuck Baldwin always was as well. Uh, the Constitution Party in 08. I really enjoyed working with him. He came in and and debated Nader. I think he was pretty shocked. What? Nader wants to debate? And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's going to do it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's there you go. people here, different personalities, but something really nice about the Constitution Party. And, and Dr. Jill Stein with the Green Party has a really, uh, uh, just, uh, just, just a real kind demeanor as well. It's interesting. A lot of heart. I, and I just recently met her as well. Actually, I was at the um, at the, the Green Party convention uh, back in April uh, on April third. I, I remember that date to be honest, because it's also my brother's birthday. <laughs> so, but you know, I finally got the opportunity to meet her. I, I still haven't. I've gotten two people on the show who ran for the Green Party because you know we do keep things open. Uh, people here, you know, I keep open who I you know support and even vote for. I vote, I did vote for Virgil Good actually in 2012. Um, that's one of the good things of being on uh, internet radio is you don't have the FCC uh, going down your back, so you you don't have to be. I don't have to be fair. I don't have to be. You know what I mean. <laughs> but I don't have to. You know, I have to make sure I give you know certain times and make sure I, I'm unbiased. So I am more uh, you know biased towards uh, you know stuff. My daughter is coming in my studio here saying good night. So bear, give me a sec. Aww. <laughs> Take your time. Well, folks, uh, there's a little family there going. <laughs> she just came through the door of the, of the studio. I'm like, she's like, I'm just trying to say goodnight. I'm like, okay. <laughs> tomorrow she graduates from grade school, so it's pretty exciting. But no, not tomorrow, Friday. Oh. I keep thinking today's Thursday for some reason. Uh, oh, but, yeah, so uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. I wish she was more into politics, though. Well, give her some time. <laughs> I think that it's going well, well, to be a, a cultural shift in the future where it becomes there's politics in everything we do. And, you know, the system, again, mm-hmm. has made it so jaded and seemingly like we can't fix things. So, ooh, I don't want to be in a political, you know, situation. Well, no matter what you do in your job, you know, everyday people, there's just politics to everything. So, you know, it's uh it's um I think it's gonna become more so a way of life where we acknowledge, we accept and we play our role, but really with the the goal of you know, putting an end to this needless violence and chaos that, you know, is inflicted. Uh it seems to be stirred up by the powers to be who, you know, benefit from the almighty dollar Federal Reserve. I mean, this is just there are too many people Every day I think to myself, we need to move faster because there are people needlessly dying throughout the world. I mean, every single day and every second. And, um, you know, I can only do my best with the help of many others on the team. But uh, for your little one and many others, I think it's just going to be a a way of life. And, again, a calling and a duty to, to be involved, even if it's an hour a week or half an hour a week or five hours a week, carving out some time when each and every one of us do that here on planet earth, that's, that's when the shift is really going to come about very quickly. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I think, uh, you know, cause I remember even when she was younger, she, she, she disliked it even more. You know, back then I, I actually was 
uh, did the show more often, but, you know, things, unfortunately, some things in life got in the way. I only do it, you know, one night a week now, but uh, I think she just doesn't like politics because it takes so much of my time. <laughs> That's what I truly think. No, but I did promise that I'm going to get Kelly on the line here. I'm sorry? In the, future, in the future, it'll be keeping you busy, so she'll like it when she gets older. Yeah, there you go. I'll be out, so, of, her, I'll be out of her hair. No, but I told her, I said, I'm picking your boyfriend's. Uh, but anyway, I, I promised Kelly that I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. She'll be like, go do your radio show instead. So no, thanks dad. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, don't worry about, don't worry about Jack or whatever his name is. Like she, she was went to the movies or something with this one boy a couple of times. So I kept calling, I think his name was Jake or no Jack. I kept calling him Jake. I don't know. But anyway, let's go ahead and bring, uh, Another person on. Let's go ahead and bring in Kelly. Thank you very much, Kelly, uh, for coming to the show. Uh, how are you tonight? And uh, welcome, Christina, to our show. Go ahead. Hey, I'm doing really good. I'm in a uh, – got a lot of wind in this uh, gorge that I'm kind of parked at. Uh, Christina, I'm really glad to hear from you again. I hope you uh, visit us every year. Um, yeah, I want to kind of discuss some local um, and the importance of local. Um, even start with a story. I was uh, it was a pizza place I go to, and I showed a funny picture to the, the clerk, you know, I'd gotten to know her for a while. I'm like, okay, show her a picture, and yeah. She's like, oh, I don't vote because all the politicians are corrupt. I thought about it later. I told her, you know, you've inspired me to stop my activism because they're all corrupt. Yeah, I'm going to stop voting because they're corrupt. Uh-huh. She didn't like that too well. I mean, shall I get in and start voting when they're all good? I mean, the real reason why they are so corrupt is because we're not voting. We're not participating. We're not getting active. And all right, what's your thoughts on that? I had this one, um, I'll never forget this, Pepperdine University I spoke at for Students for Liberty and bright-eyed, you know, group of, of students. And uh, we all met up afterwards, and this girl came up kind of just, you know, a bit abruptly and with a lot of passion. She said, why do you do what you do? It's just not going to make a difference. And I looked at her. And there were like 12 other, you know, eye, you know, sets of eyes looking or maybe more or less hard to say. But, and I looked at her kindly and said, then why are you here? You know, like, it, you know, if you don't feel we can make a difference, you know, the moment you say that, you've given up. And that's what the system wants. And why are you here? You know, that's not an option. And so, you know, when it comes to the voting system, um, if somebody chooses, you know, not to vote, uh, you know, I respect that. In some cases, I can understand why um, you know, the system is rigged. As, you know, it's hard for maybe some, even in my case, to play along with the system when I feel the voting machines, um, you know, black box voting. And, um, you know, you, you, hear, you, you hear these experts uh, testifying in a court of law, um, you know, with the voting machines saying they're rigged, who work for the companies. When you see uh, the voting system, mm-hmm. and I do suspect the possibility this November the vote could be stolen from even Trump. Um, you know, the media will play him out to be uh, potentially, if they're working against him in the party, he's not perfect. Don't get me, get me wrong there. But, like, you know, essentially the powers to be will use that final card, I think, um, as a possibility um, for Clinton to get elected. So, um you know, because the Diebolt or Diebolt was uh, sold uh, to Dominion based in Denver, Colorado, I thought, oh, what better place to hold a United We Stand best than Colorado? You know, it's at the forefront for change. But um, the voting, I've learned through our electoral reform symposiums that 
you know, um, with the deputy secretary of state being there, a comptroller. There's a lot of integrity issues. So if somebody's voting on the integrity of whether their vote's being counted or not, I, I, you know, I can understand why not. I'm hesitant to. However, I do feel that um, it's a duty, again, to get involved and fix that. Rather than not vote and not care, when you do that, you become a part of the problem, the system. Um, if you choose not to vote, work hard to make it where you want to vote someday, whether it's, you know, your vote counting or whether it's working in the local elections to get somebody, um, you know, uh, that you want to run for office, that you're excited to vote for, um, you know, be involved in the polling day to make sure in your role, because when you do it, dozens of others, 50, that your vote is counted because you're actually there engaged in the process. So um, rather than oh, sit back and do nothing, you know, um, fine, if you don't want to vote, but then, then go out there and, and, and change it, you know, fix the reason why you don't want to vote. Sitting back and doing nothing is exactly what the system wants, and, uh, oh, and, and, and that's not right okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you nail it, because that is exactly what they want, the people to stop so they can become more corrupt and no accountability. And by the way, um, locally, I'm uh, hopefully mm-hmm. we can bring a local person on Bard's Logic next week. She's running for supervisor. A lot of support I'm already seeing, but this is one of the tools that we can use to get the word out. You know, hopefully we'll have a half an hour with her, and the locals can call in and ask questions. It's kind of like a town hall meeting on the radio. It's, it's a great tool, what Robert has, and, and other blog talks to get uh, local people on board. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Regional Water Quality Control Board. I'm living up here in uh, Siskiyou County, a.k.a. State of Jefferson, what we call around here. But... Um, I've had interactions with the Regional Water Quality Control Board, and I'm not happy. <laughs> Talking mm. about incompetence, game playing. Um, I, I'd like to get you in touch with Cheryl Blychester. She's a professional engineer like me, and she has done uh, her PhD thesis on the water board. There's over 30 in California. There's no accountability. Um, they don't work 40 hours, but yet they get a six-figure salary. They're incompetent, don't know their area of expertise, and they, they get there because they're uh, political appointees, if you will. They help somebody win a race or what have you, and then they get appointed. But there is really just no accountability above them. And she wrote a whole Ph.D. thesis on it. She's talked with a lot of assemblymen about the problems with the regional board. Uh, I'd be glad to get you in touch with her. Um, she's she's a real fireball, and she's, she's tired of it, um, like you were inferring earlier yeah I, I i'm so uh uh tuned in to that now uh, i've been attending my local board meeting three or four maybe five months in a row now and there is a complete lack of accountability uh they've done a water hike rate twice here in cambria and now they want to increase the salary of the gm for the board or the general manager that's for cambria um, the board serves, works with, uh, or whatnot, um, by 33%, 37%, um, to over 200,000, 220, 270, somewhere up there, you know. This is outrageous. 270,000? Like, definitely 220. Um, it could be higher. That doesn't include the pension. Oh, my gosh. It's very, yeah, it's really bad. And um, the people are rising here in Cambria. It's You know what? Social media is a game changer. I created a page on social media called Cambria Currents, and 
um, you know, people are, are posting articles, writing, and not only just about the board stuff, but things going on in our community, but it really uh, is, is helping to get meet people more. They can see more of the truth and facts through um, the Internet and social media uh, and, and so on. So um, I, I definitely would be interested. Uh, you know, I, like I said, Ed Asner well, will be I, here. I have been mm-hmm, in touch with Gavin yeah, Newsom I, I, as well, Lieutenant Governor. Yeah, well, good. Mm-hmm. I think we're friends on Facebook, Kelly Z. Mordecai. And so I can mm-hmm. send you some notes and uh, whatever and try to get you in touch with her because she's exposed them totally. It's And she's, like you, very frustrated with them. I don't know if I'm that frustrated. My take is let's just replace them. You know, we know that they're not serving the people here. It looks like definitely four of the five. I think there's one voice of reason, reasoning. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, the board uh, allegedly created this false crisis that there's this water shortage issue in Cambria. I know that that's a, an issue in California in general, but um, maybe not so much here in, in, in uh, Cambria. I'm hearing from one of the board members and people in the community as well. And, you know, increase the water rate, rate uh, hikes initially to create a restoration facility. And then they went and increased it a second time, um, you know, to meet their budget, which uh, was just totally outspent. Uh, and then as soon as they increased the water uh, hike a second time, they removed the penalty for anybody who uses too much water. So big businesses can use as much water as they want. This, it was really bad. And, you know, I'm learning now, it's like it's ending on a note that hmm, maybe people are saying that uh, the water hike, uh, the water shortage wasn't real. It's a scare tactic. They created the restoration facility, and now all of a sudden, they're thinking of doing massive development, de- development in Cambria. Hmm. And the most uh, tainted person on the board, Greg Sanders, is a lawyer. And guess what his law firms, one has 150 lawyers specialize in, development. So, you know, we really have to um, zero in on who are these members on our board locally? Are they serving me as a duty? Are they, are they making kickbacks, money? Behind, you know, you still always want to give the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. But, boy, the actions, they're very uncomfortable that I'm at those board meetings and I've been able to really inspire and packing them and, and more people around me helping as well. Um, as a team, so we we can make that change when we start rising locally and we start going to those meetings um, and, and breaking through. That that's where the real change is going to happen throughout the United States of America. So we've got to play our role. Oh yeah, I I got a buddy who's involved in the small towns water district, and he's also involved in the fire district or fire department, and mm-hmm. he was exposing corruption left and right, <clears throat> and they actually physically attacked him. And all sorts of stuff because he's like, guys, here's the law. You're not even following it. And uh, it just the corruption is involved. But he's got a couple of allies. And, uh, you know, one, one situation the water board approved uh, in installation of a private property, uh, a private water line that cost $15,000. You don't do that. This is called public work, not private. But like you're saying, yeah, they, they, who are they benefiting and if we don't get involved locally in, in smaller boards, fire board, water board, what have you, people are going to do favors for their local friends. We've got to hold them accountable. Yeah, in my mind, there's no if we don't get involved. In my mind, is it's time to get involved more now than ever. So if we're discouraged by the system and we sit back and we don't do anything, 
scary things are going to happen. Um, I don't like to go down that rabbit hole. I mean, you know, you look at the world and the divisiveness. I like to focus on the solution and keep my eye on that ball. Uh, life, again, is short, and why not leave, live in peace and harmony? It's going to take a little more work. Yeah, everybody out there listening to start um, becoming informed and educated rather than being intentionally dumbed down by what's on television, reality shows, and the music with the, the watered-down lyrics, you know. Let's, let's, di- let's dig deeper through social media and Internet to that real independent media out there and, um, you know, um, the real independent documentaries. Let's, 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 let's get smart, you know, United States of America. Um, the whole world is watching us, and when we rise, because we mm-hmm. have to rise, whole world's going to follow us and i'm stoked to be um in this little section of history is going to be a really exciting time to be the founder of Phoenix collections but uh, you know my goal is for it to help um you know our country for many centuries and, and even many more to come um and and really oh, yeah. hold accountability not only within our government but within the technological world all different factions our symposiums will evolve beyond electoral uh, in the near yeah, future do you know where the uh, Gary Johnson Libertarian Party lawsuit is regarding uh, getting on stage with the R's and D's? Or you know, well, you know they're suing, and I, I haven't heard an update. Very much. I have not either. Yeah. I did bring in uh, Jill Stein as a friend of mine, and I linked them up with the Green Party, and um, you know, so I, I definitely wish them the best of luck with that. And you know, like I said. I think the only move the Commission on Presidential Debates would do, unfortunately, is if they let somebody in, it would probably only be Gary Johnson and for the intent mm-hmm. of beforehand split the vote between Trump and Gary because uh, Trump's an outsider right. and uh, Clinton's not. He's one of them, the two-party system. So, uh, you know, I'm I, I'm glad and commend uh, Gary Johnson's team for including Jill Stein on that lawsuit. I, I think with a lot of their promotional stuff, I haven't seen Jill Stein on it, so I was hoping to see more unity. I, I thought that would might bring about more um, credibility to and a PR side to have them more side by side. But you know what matters is they include her, included her as a plaintiff, and that, that's something to work with. But you know, it's, it's it seems they, to be uh, they did. about they didn't they yeah, did they include did. her as a they plaintiff. Did. Well, good. They did include Jill Stein, yes. But they haven't really included her in the PR stuff, which is probably why you don't know about it. Um, I hope they do more of that. Um, but again, you know, each campaign is about campaigns can be a little bit about candidates and themselves a little too much. Um, you know, I definitely uh, think uh, hopefully Gary Johnson, Jill Stein work more more closely together to break through the CPD. But you know, again, I don't trust the CPD. I think it's great to create awareness um, of how corrupt it is and how they're excluded. Uh, but I don't trust the money behind it. I don't trust how they would moderate and treat Jill and Gary Johnson. I don't trust their intent uh, of bringing, you know, definitely solely Gary in. But I'm also coming from a position of creating an open presidential debate, to be fair. Uh, I've created that in 2012, and we're gearing up to hold one in 2016. We got Larry King as our moderator in 12, and I'll tell you, my goal is to get Jon Stewart as a moderator in 16. So I'm manifesting that for August 30th and our social media is going to really pump up the whole, uh, you know, share this meme and sign on this petition. If you want John Stewart to uh, moderate a free and equal, uh, the free and equal presidential debate at university of Colorado, this October 25th. So, you know, he just uh, oh. interviewed with Axelrod. So he's coming out. <laughs> he's coming, he's oh, I, coming well, out. I thought you meant so, John. 
I what about Anderson awesome. Cooper? What about him? Mm, I John time Stewart in. is just no. John Stewart's just really trusted. Um, I'm a friend of a, a journalist that worked with a very close friend, a journalist that worked with Anderson Cooper, and it's, it's just mm-hmm. not uh, a trusting energy, uh, unfortunately, for our platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think media that has skewed us and arguably brainwashed us, their days are coming to an end, and uh, you know Cooper does seemingly represent that. Not so much the Larry Kings and the. Uh, the John Stewart's and boy, if I could have John uh, George Carlin back, he he would be a number one <laughs> as well. well George, George Carlin, well, John, yeah, John Stewart, yeah, John Stewart. He, he isn't John Stewart kind of like a comedian, and if he if he's going to be the yeah. moderator, he's going to sneak in a joke. And he should. Comedy <laughs> is where it's at, man. Let's have some fun. I mean, yes, it's not a joke what's going on in the world, but comedians have a way of of attracting people to to want to listen and. Uh, it's an art and clever, and I love it. So, yeah, he, he's yeah. Uh, high up there on the roster, for sure, to moderate uh, a goal huh. or Cool. Yeah, interesting. be pretty so, cool yeah. to have, like, Dennis yeah. Senate on Paul to each other, too, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to say well, I'd have to just uh, agree to disagree on that. I'm not big. I'll be honest. Maybe it's just comedy, and I just don't like it. But I'm just not a big John. I'm sorry. I'm just not a big John Stewart fan. But how about how about Colbert? Hey, there you go. He's a he's a uh, interesting comedian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be totally cool with having Colbert next to Stewart. You know, bringing in Oliver, bring in two or three of them. Awesome. The more, the merrier. I mean, within reason. So, you know, it's just uh, <laughs> yeah, within reason, uh, certainly. Yeah, it's a manifestation. We manifested and brought in Larry King, and uh, we'll see what happens. But it's going to be a, a trip. Yeah, I don't think Larry you know, King was uh, was good. You don't? I said I did. Oh, you did. Okay, oh no, when you guys said Larry King on the last one, yeah, I think that was, yeah, I think that was a good choice, and I'm glad he came on board for that. Yeah, I've I've only heard great things about him doing that debate, 100, percent which is a pretty awesome thing to achieve. So. Yeah, very, very cool, Larry, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do uh, uh, this uh, October 25th as a moderator and musicians and so on and talent. Yeah, and I'm right there with the TV. I mean, there's just just so much. I mean, I think it's, you know, TV in a lot of ways is used to distract us. I, I have one show. Well, usually it's one show at a time that, that I watch, like, uh, or maybe two, because uh, I don't have Vikings on anymore, so I haven't been watching that so the only show i really watch is game of thrones <laughs> that's pretty much the only mm-hmm. show i watch and i'll record it and then you know i don't watch it when it's on i record it and then watch it when i can uh sometimes in bits and pieces or like when i'm eating dinner or something like that uh, but that's probably about the only show i think that you know i i, I make sure that I, I i see on tv see i just i'm just not a big believer in watching watching a lot of tv myself i think it, it, it is a, in a lot of ways a distraction and i think it I think they use uh, they use TV and, and the media, especially you know TV, in order to uh, you know influence uh, our, our youngsters. I really do. And I'm glad you brought up the youngsters. I mean, you know, the student groups are so key. Uh, the student groups that's co-hosting our debate actually got national recognition. You may remember last year uh, when the GOP held a debate at University of Colorado Boulder. And they had a venue that held 10,000 people, and they only gave 50 tickets to the students. I mean, I think they only put 1,000 people in that venue of 10,000. 50 
tickets to the students. So Student Voices Count came out and said, hey, we want, we want more, more tickets. And it turns out the university gave that uh, venue at no cost to the GOP. So um, yet students, for the most part, were pretty much excluded from attending. And it's on their campus, you know, funded by uh, – so um, funded not by the G- GOP, that is. So, I mean, it's uh, – a it's it's really cool to be partnering up with them and uh, seeing so many other student groups rising. Um, but those 18 to 28 year olds are the game changers. And sorry, uh, John Stewart is really cool to the 18 and to 28 year olds, you know, um, that, that segment um, amongst many, many people and, and Oliver and Colbert for sure too. And, and the humor and all, but um, I think that there is going to be a huge, massive awakening, um, you know, with those, 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 the youth and even younger. I mean, look at these 18, 14 year olds, 13 year olds, what they're doing on their phones and social media and internet. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, 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 it's a huge shift. So um, when we get them to register to vote, ask them and they, and I feel they will be excited to do it. Are United We Stand Fest, you know, through Headcount, Rock the Vote. We work uh, with those sort of sponsors. Um, you know, that's uh, the first step to getting them involved, and um, we're excited to really be that educational platform to, to, to create, um, you know, uh, to, to get them involved in the electoral process, which is going to bring about the change in solutions. And speaking and of that electoral, well. uh, real quick, a little update, folks, uh, a little uh, a little blurb here from Carolyn. Uh, thank you in the chat, and thank you, Carolyn, for providing this for us. A little update on some elections. Uh, she states, it's a sad day, not that I'm a Bernie fan, uh, but look at Wyoming. Bernie, w- Bernie wins, and look at the delegate count. Bernie Sanders wins at 55.7%. Hillary Clinton wins at 44.3%. And somehow Bernie gets seven delegates, and Hillary gets 11. Now, I, you know, to be honest, I don't know how that state runs, but they're their delegates and how that can happen, but uh, that's what we've got reported here. And thank you very much, uh, Carolyn, and, and keep those reports up uh, when you get that. I appreciate it. And yes, that's. Uh, and if you want to know, know more about you know how some delegate systems work, at least with the GOP, we did have uh, Morton Blackwell on talking about you know how they do their rules meetings and, and how some of those rules apply and how they're uh, they're worked uh, at those those meetings at the, you know, they have them in the fall. So I think they have them like with each season or something of that nature. So if you want to hear more about those, check out uh, our podcast with Morton Blackwell on them. Uh, so thank you very much, Carolyn. Um, I do see it's about uh, five minutes. I know you said you were able to give us an hour tonight and I really appreciate you coming back on. Of course, you know, you could stay as long as you like, but I do of course want to respect uh, your time. Uh, so since we only have, uh, and I'm presuming if we, only have five more minutes with you. If there's anything that you would like to, any either websites or anything, topics uh, that you'd like to see explored or, or talk about before you have to uh, call it a night. I appreciate that consideration, but I definitely cannot resist uh, Carolyn Sheehan. I see the comment there on the chat and so sweet of her to, to bring that up because um, that is another one of the components of our flawed system, the electoral college, popular vote. And this is a system, again, created by the two-party system who's controlled by the powers to be. Some say the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, and, you know, that all ties to the greed and Federal Reserve and the oil and gas and so on and so on and so on. And uh, this is not okay. So, you know, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest regrets, I, 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 first time I've said this, that Bernie Sanders may, may have, and boy, did I do everything to try to help uh, with that. 
was to not run as an independent for president. I just have to be really open on that. Um, I have a background getting candidates on the ballot. I got Ralph Nader on the ballot as an independent. I was a national ballot act coordinator in 08. I would have done it for Dr. Ron Paul. I, you know, I'm all about more voices, more choices. Um, that's a separate entity from the foundation, um, naturally. But, um, you know, I was asked to get uh, independent Jim Webb on the ballot. He was seriously considering running. He dropped out of the Democratic race. He was seriously considering running as an independent. But when Bloomberg got in there for a short amount of time, it threw things off funding-wise. But, you know, I definitely did pitch uh, the, the idea of um, the Sanders campaign and running as an independent for president. Unfortunately, those deadlines are up. So, um, but I am stoked that Sanders ran and is running and he has created this level of awareness and consciousness and should he not win the primary unfortunately i have heard sanders say multiple time times out of his mouth that he would endorse hillary if he didn't win the, the primary and sanders does follow through on his word i would be shocked oh, if he didn't um you know um however the people are not going to follow him there's this huge group of independent minded individuals that he has created. And I'm so grateful for that. And the free and equal elections is very excited to come in and work with that energy and pull it in and onto our platform very quickly through social media. I haven't even told any of this ever publicly until now. So I love that Bernie is creating Bridget. awareness of this flawed system and, um, and, and Trump's played his role as well. But, uh, it has got to be fixed, and we've got to just start replacing the D's and R's alike on the local and congressional levels. Um, that, that's the plan. So um, thank you, Carolyn, for your comment on that. It is truly a rigged system, not fair towards Bernie. Yeah, certainly. I mean, and, and I don't, you know, I don't subscribe to, uh, you know, a lot of things Bernie, you know, supports and wants to do. I mean, some things are interesting. Uh, and some of them are, you know, might be okay if they could be afforded, but then I don't really know if that can happen. But the one thing, you know, you know, I can say is that, yeah, I mean, going up against Hillary and coming as far as he has, you know, especially when she was ever since the beginning, the, uh, presumptive nominee, frankly, uh, and here's what I think. I mean, and this would not surprise me is that Hillary's going to get it. And I think in, in, in large part, uh, of course, because of the superdelegates, which is, is part of the, the rig of the system. Is also, I would not be surprised if, if in her attempt to bring uh, Bernie supporters on is to ask him to be her running mate. That would not, it would not surprise me at all to see uh, a Clinton-Sanders uh, uh, take it for the Democrats this year. Wouldn't surprise me at all. I actually almost mm -hmm. expect it. I mean, who else is she really going to pick? Chuck Schumer? You know, <laughs> I really can't think of well, anyone else. Then. Even then, I don't think the majority of the supporters are going to fall for it because she is part of the system. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll see. I, I mean, that's a possibility for sure. Um, but uh, I, I hope it's a tough one. Once he says he's going to do something, he does. But I, I just wish uh, mm -hmm. he would join a truly independent uprising movement that's, that's bigger than any one person. It's about us all coming together. But no matter what, he's created a lot of awareness, and I, I think it's inevitable, whether he runs on the ticket with Hillary or not, that a big chunk of majority of supporters are not going to fly and go with that and are going to uh, – you know, uh, join a truly independent, pure uh, platform. And there, there's just no other platform out there, like, free, you know, other than free and equal elections. And uh, like I said, I'm humbled to be the founder. I'm, I'm playing a role. It's a duty. And 
and I'm more I'm as excited to help to help um, pull all this energy together in a portal and, and build everybody that's helping to bring about great change throughout the U.S. and eventually world. And and real quick, I know you got to go, but uh, I know I've got John on the line, and he's uh, he, you know he's been uh, been a regular caller for a little little while, and he he's definitely more of a uh, you know I'm. We, it's, it's interesting here on Bard's Logic is you know, we we represent you know actually a good slew of of, of different parties here now you know I you know I'd I like Trump I like the outsiders so you know if people on social media know you know put things out supporting Trump uh, I do I'll, if you talk to Jill Stein say Robert is wanting you to get on the show you need to you need to call him or, or email me because uh, you know I've, I've tried to get her on a couple times but unfortunately I haven't been here from her people. Um, but be that as it may, um, you know, I've got more more Green Party leanings. You know, anyone who listens to the show knows that, um, you know, because I do consider myself, uh, while conservative, I also consider myself an environmentalist. Uh, but, uh, but John, he definitely uh, represents a more, um, you know, pretty much no particular party, uh, more of uh, an independent. So uh, I'm sure he'd like to just say some quick comments to you uh, about it. And so let's go. I mean, can can you take just a couple minutes for that or? Absolutely. Be okay, and, uh, ping, ping me afterwards, and I'll, I'll put you directly in touch with uh, her her main scheduler, unless you're already connected with Audrian, I believe, with Jill Stein. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll to check my team. emails. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I'll you check in my emails. I did send them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's I'll check that, and then I'll, I'll I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, I'll check those, and you know, I'm, I'm just rushing, so I want to be able to get John on so that you can, you know, you can call it a night for yourself. Uh, but go ahead, John. Okay. Can you hear me? Hi, John. I hear you. Hi, Christine. Uh, I want, first question I wanted to ask, I didn't catch your website. Is it freeandequal.org or what? Correct. It's freeandequal.org. Thanks for asking. Okay, I like to make that kind of more clear, so that way anybody listening or, li- you know, either live now or later during listening to a podcast, they'll be able to go check out your website. Now, I wanted to also ask you too. You'd mentioned about all of us coming together, and I hear Paul Ryan and different people saying, "Oh, we got to unify." When they really say unify they mean hey just do what we say they ain't they're not interested in all of us having mutual assent they're interested in hey we got to unify just do what i tell you so i was curious what you meant by coming together and the reason i asked the question is I, i feel we all have to mutually assent to how we go forward so we're all on the same page and we're rowing this boat together in harmony. Otherwise, we're going to have dissenting groups that want to manipulate each other. Well, um, I think that's such a great question, and I agree with you. Um, Anyone that's in the system that's taking money from people or individuals or organizations or whatnot that don't have the best interest of the people, powers to be, like Paul Ryan and many of the others that are saying to unify – I don't trust them um, when, and I won't uh, ever trust them because they've compromised and compromising is the reason why we're in the problem that we are, the, why we're having the problems uh, within our country in the world today is because these politicians have compromised and that is not an option here with free and equal elections. So, and unifying means bringing 
the energy of there are far more of us than there are of them. The Paul Ryans and the Rahm Emanuels and the Michael Madigans and the Nancy Pelosi's and all these political people, um, they're for the most most uh, in most situations are arguably sociopath, narcissist, that something's off. They're just not right. They're in a world uh, where they don't know a, a group like Free and Equal Elections could ever exist. And I've been told this uh, by somebody who knows Madeleine Albright. What? Free and Equal Elections? How could that even be something that exists? Um, I'd sit down with her and have a chat. Um, this does exist, and it's going to continue to grow. But um, I don't anticipate that those leaders will be a part of it. On the more the local level, uh, maybe there are a lot of good people um, within Republicans or some Democratic locally. That might be a stretch. I'm not sure. Third party, independent, even far more so. But when I mention unify, I mean it's time for us to focus on the bigger issues that bring us together. When you look at the Libertarians and the Greens and the American Independent Party, the Justice Party, and the Constitution Party, and all these different parties, we can agree we don't want war. We can agree money in politics is an issue. We can agree that the NSA is not a good thing. The Patriot Act needs to go. The National Defense Authorization needs to go. And while mainstream media focuses on these seemingly divisive issues and also toilet signs, come on. We have far more important issues to discuss. There are people, again, needlessly dying. So when I say coming together, I mean on a platform where Dr. Ron Paul once said, if we're ever going to bring around about revolutionary, and I say with the Internet and social media, we can drop the R and say evolutionary change, two things would need to happen. We would need to have the youth and music. And I think it's beyond the youth at this point. I think it's just good, accountable human beings that want to bring about good change in our world. So we've got to unite on a platform with music and Hollywood, make it fun, the arts, the children, the mothers, the high vibrational energy, the free energy recognizing technologies that are potentially suppressed by our system um, because of monetary gain. Uh, the Tesla, you know, working with good sponsors like we do with Marley Coffees and Headcount uh, to Dr. Bronner's Magic Soap. And we come together and recognize it is time to break the stranglehold of the two-party system. And that's what hey, we are planning on doing at Free and Equal Elections. Hey, uh, Christine, I, I want a follow-up question for you, what John sure. pointed out, which John had some really good points here. So um, in the points of coming together, okay, quote-unquote, have you um, put together a list of these higher issues, you know, like in the Federal Reserve, that's a good idea. No NDAA. I'm on the same page yeah. with you. Many, I can't stand corporate lobbyists who pass a law and their profit goes through the ceiling. As an engineer, I see it even in the building codes. It, it's ridiculous. And so I, I agree there are these issues. But have you, have you ever thought of having a um, definitive paper or a definitive, I don't know what you'd call it, unity platform so that you could bring people together? Yes, uh, we have, and we're planning on implementing like a 10 to 20 point checklist, for example, of everybody that's running for Congress or local office that they could agree on these basic, but yet very, not basic, very important topics. Um, so those are in the Federal Reserve, ending the Federal Reserve would be another one, uh, maybe supporting alternative voting methods, bringing in the electoral, getting rid of ballot access barriers. Um, you know, would be, uh, should we change, you know, electoral college, maybe not a good thing. Should we have proportional representation uh, over 90 countries, probably a hundred now have it. So 
Um, yeah, that 20-point plan will be incorporated into what's going to be the heart of free and equal elections. We're going to a launch an election assistant app, and it's exactly what it sounds like, an app, the power in your hands, and we're going to promote it on our stage where the, everybody can scroll up and down and see every candidate running for office, DR, third-party, independent candidates. And each one will be signing on to, if they want to, a 10- or 20-point plan. And if they don't abide by that 10 or 20 point plan, the people through social media are going to call them out. I think that there's going to be a huge light shine on transparency and the need for it. And the election system app will, you know, um, show you how to register to vote. You know, we'll implement other organizations that maybe support online voting versus, versus paper ballots. We'll have the discussions amongst experts as to what the best solutions are. Um, so I'm, that's a great question, and uh, you know I hope well, that I was able to I, answer it. Well, yeah, I, I would actually like to see that 20 point if you have it or you're working on it or something. Um, well, another we're, working, one would we're working be, on it. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Another one I would like to see. This is huge for anybody, really. Is the right of petition so that uh, prosecutors don't block petitions to grand juries. This is chronic all over the country. I wrote a book about this the power of the grand jury, but prosecutors block it, and they actually violate the First Amendment right of petition. A couple of court cases I can cite. don't have time. But that's a big-picture issue because that will hold corruption accountable quite uh, quite well. Um, that, that would be one of your 20 points because, you know, there's others, of course. Some people are going to start pushing the left idea or the right idea, you know, based on their political bias, but there are, if, if people are willing, and I'm in agreement with you that there are bigger issues, if people can get together and say, hey, look, we got these bigger issues here, um, we got to get together and work this out because the R's and D's seem to be ignoring the people, um, I think you have quite, you would have quite the following there. I will. Um, we already have that on our queue, and uh, right now we're uh, 100% a volunteer-based organization. So, uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, it's rising, and a lot of our um, volunteers are finding us through social media. Um, so, I mean, our Facebook page is about to hit 250,000. But according to our researcher, the activities, researchers, that is, the activity on our page is like no other. Our reach fluctuates anywhere from 700,000 a week to over 20 million with just 240,000 plus likes. So it's equivalent to having a page of millions and social media is just where it's at. So we're ramping that up strategically uh, very quickly. So yeah, that, that 20 point plan or 10 point, whatever it may be is going to be a golden ticket and helping to get the accountable candidates elected into office. And I think there's going to be uh, some sort of star or maybe my own personal endorsement. Free and Equal Elections can't endorse a candidate because we're a C3 nonprofit. So if anybody wants to support our organization, um, all donations are tax deductible. We do not take money that's compromised. It's just not an option. But uh, the everyday people, like we'll say on your show, if you go to Free and Equal, andequal.org, um, your every penny you spend will be used wisely, and we'll actually be releasing all of our financial uh, statements. Our CPA firm now, we have one, it's pretty exciting, is, uh, you know, organizing all of that. I want the people to see, you know, how the money is being spent for this organization because it's for them. So I'm excited about that too. Can I follow up on something, Robert? 
Well, you, you don't ask me that you have to ask her because Please do. We, um, I love want to be respectful of her time. So <laughs> let's let's do it. Oh, great. Well, thank okay. you, Christina. Go ahead, John. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, part of, part of the reason why I'm such an advocate for mutual assent and I wanted to know what you meant by coming together is because I see a death wish going throughout our country and kind of correct me if, if you, or at least show me or share some perspective on uh, how I might be seeing things wrongly. But here's one of the problems that I think our country is facing. Whenever our country was founded, all of the founding members were gunfighters and killers and whatnot in order to get us, the, and then, what, 11 or 13 years later in 1789, still even more fighting and killing, we got the Constitution finally. Well, there was a lot fewer laws, rules, regulations, ordinances, and such back in those days. And every year that passed since then, we've continued to add more and more laws without the consent of the governed. Well, at some point, there's a breaking point. There's a threshold, a tipping point in which the, con- the governed get sick and tired of being railroaded by more and more regulations and laws and no advocacy and no accountability for true representation to, to we get to the point where we're at today where police officers are being shot and killed. And I have police officers in my family or law enforcement over the years at different points, and I see that the world our United States has gotten to a point where our Congress and Senate and President and the bureaucracy leaders, the people in positions of authority, are continuing to just run roughshod over we the people to the point that now we have citizens out here in America that are just feeling all kinds of pressure. And then when the cops come and try to enforce laws that these people never, ever consented to be obligated to, encumbered by, or you know, it's like to decide who encumbers who, who made who God. And so they finally say, look, <laughs> I can't fight the system. I'm, I've talked to my, you know, representative. I've called calls. I've called this and that. And I'm tired of these people harassing me. I'm just going to start shooting them now. And you see that little by little, more and more. And that's my concern why I think we have to get back to the basics of what founded our country and saying you only decide for you what encumbers you, burdens you, and obligates you because I'm not your master. And you don't do the same to me. And if you want to force rules down my throat like Great Britain, you know, King George and his henchmen and uh, Gestapo (laughs) foot soldiers, okay. and I have every right to bear arms and take you out to get you off my oh, back. Okay, 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 John, John. Hey, John. Well, we both, uh, both just had our rants, so I love it. <laughs> hey, John. Yeah, I, I want to get, get Christina's thoughts, and then I want to throw out some things that we have lost after she uh, comments on this, because oh. it's very key how we've lost and how we, why we have so many laws. So go well, ahead. That's and, 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 this. And real quick, Kelly, so I was doing it real quick, gentlemen. Real quick, gentlemen, you know how I hate to interrupt, but I have to I have to at this point. Um, you know, we do got a couple more callers uh, who'd like to chime in. Uh, I just talk with them, you know, let them know I'll be, you know, getting them on. 
Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, at this point, you know, because I, I, I was off uh, doing some call screening there for a second, and so you guys finish up real quick. Uh, but I do want to bring in Susan. I do want to bring in uh, Cindy. And we've uh, we've got other callers who are just listening, so push the one on the dial. Can't guarantee, uh, you know, how much conversation we'll be able to have. But I do want to quickly uh, just let you guys know that. So let's wrap that up real quick where we can so I could go ahead and bring the other two callers in. Uh, go ahead. John, I agree with you. Um, there are lots of good cops. There are some not good cops. The biggest issue seems to be that there are too many laws and rules, um, which reflects into having all this needless chaos and this anger and people fighting the system, when in fact we just need to zero back in on every problem we have discussed about on the phone, whether it's the injustice of the judicial system um, to the prison system, that's another top 20 maybe, and so on. Um, it, every problem derives from having the wrong people in office. Those two-party candidates, they are the ones who um, elect the judicial system. I mean, that is so rotten to the core, and there are good police officers out there that are suffering because there are far too many laws we don't need that many laws. We don't need that many police officers, but we do need uh, the good ones, maybe. Uh, let the people decide to, to help us protect us in the future. But, um, you know, on the local level and, and, and statewide and so on, people will decide that, how many and so on. But I agree with you. Um, the, the police officers are needlessly suffering. It's all, again, derived from having the wrong people in office. I just can't find any other way around it, so I just keep zeroing in on that. You will constantly, consistently hear me do that until the day, uh, you know, accountable people are representing um, our, our government, um, you know, our United States of America, um, and that will and, and has to happen. And because of the Internet social media, historically, we don't need to go through this needless violence over and over again. It's a total game changer. And I'm, I'm really excited once we um, do this, uh, the direction our country is going to go in. You know, you remember the one day when people said there's no way, whether you support it or not, there's no way we're going to be able to legalize gay marriage. Oh, my gosh. We, we can't have concealed carry, that's just crazy to uh, legalization of marijuana. I mean, look what's happened. I mean, these things have, they've happened and are happening. So uh, to replace every member of Congress or most, I think every, with accountable candidates, it's not that hard. So let's have some fun through the music and arts and energy and let's get involved. It is our duty as a American citizen. And, and people of this, this place called Mother Earth. And, and two other things before we bring uh, you in, uh, Cindy, is that, two, you know, that's happened recently in the past or, or, or going to, re, you know, happen or, or could, is one, of course, now you've got so many people going to Cuba. Now that Cuba's been, or Cuba, whichever way you want to pronounce it, uh, has been opened up uh, to travel in the United States. I mean, through what I've seen so far, you know, of course, you know, we're, we're not really on board, at least the last folks here aren't on board uh, with their communist system, but perhaps uh, having some exposure uh, to folks, uh, you know, of a different uh, economic system, perhaps that may, you know, open up uh, that to folks. Uh, and also uh, one thing Trump's talking about is actually sitting down having the conversations with Kim Jong-un, uh, which is unprecedented. Uh, whether that's a good thing or not, whether you agree with that or not, it is things that uh, are coming uh, up the pike or have already happened and it's going to increase. I mean, right now what I've seen in Cuba or Cuba, whichever, uh, I personally, I think what I've seen so far is a good thing. We'll see how things pan out. 
Um, and then we'll see what happens, you know, if just Trump does uh, get the uh, presidency, you know, barring the things we're talking about tonight, then uh, who knows? Perhaps he'll actually be sitting there and, and go from there. But let's go ahead and keep uh, – or not keep, but let's bring Cindy in. Uh, thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I'm doing pretty Cindy good. Cindy from Florida. Oh. <laughs> go ahead. Hi there. Welcome. Hi there. We're coast Thanks. here now, Florida and California. Well, yeah, we've got a woman uh, on the call. Hi, <laughs> Hi. Um, I don't know. I, I, um, I'm having a problem with the unity message because getting together. I mean, you guys are saying. I, I mean, you just spoke a minute ago and said that we can't compromise anymore, but basically unity is kind of all about compromising. And uh, my, I wonder who, you know, in the compromise, who's going to come out on top and what kind of a system are we going to have and um, what does free and equal elections look like when someone like Bernie Sanders is considered a good thing for our country. I'm, you know, I, I've been to socialist nations and uh, I've been to communist nations. And I, I got to tell you, sweetie, um, you don't want to live like that. And uh, in fact, that's where our country's been heading. My husband and I have uh, lost income almost every year since Obama's been in office. And it has all been tied back to his socialist policies. Um, socialism doesn't work and uh, it's been proven all over the world and what usually happens with socialism is that eventually the system collapses and it turns into communism or fascism whichever you know vein of persons ends up in office at the time it'll move one way or the other so what I'm interested in so, is not so much unity as in a return to the Constitution and a, a doing away with corruption in our government. Um, I, I don't know that um, maybe that's the thing that we can unify around is the, the destruction of the corruption in there. Uh, we, I hope we can un, uh, unify behind the Constitution. Um, our Constitution does not suggest socialism it is far 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 from socialism um and so i i i I would like to see us get back to that um now if you want to consider unity in that vein then then i'm with you girl (laughs) well everything you say i 100 percent agree with so regarding sanders when i say it's a good thing I mean, it's a good thing that he's bringing about the awareness that we need to have more choices, right? And uh, getting the the people to wake up, to recognize there's flaws in our electoral system. Trump's done this different way, different energy. Um, Regarding Mm -hmm. his politics, I don't necessarily agree with all of his politics. I I definitely don't. Uh, I want to, I definitely don't, I definitely don't agree with all of his politics personally, and I definitely don't agree with all the politics of Trump. I think that even better independent presidential candidates are going to rise and run in 2020. But what's even more important is that 
I think the best of candidates are going to be running for Congress in the 18 that we have ever seen, mm-hmm. if not already happening in 16. I'm having dozens of congressional candidates call me up and email me and more every week saying uh, they see free and equal elections as a platform that will truly help them to be heard. So I think we're on the same wavelength there, and I appreciate you clarifying that. Uh, as far as unity, um, gosh, I can hear it in your voice. Yes, a lot of people have doubt because we've gone through the Tea Party, the Occupy. Um, you know, they've been some, seemingly co-opted. Uh, you know, media definitely uh, it doesn't help a lot. Um, you know, I, I look at, you know, Black Lives Matter. I had people say, oh, you should really work with them. But now I see that they got almost a half a million in funding from the University of Milwaukee for 2017. I don't like that. You know, the energy there, it seems to be, is shifting in a not positive way. There's probably a lot of good people with that group, I hope, I think. But, you know, as far as unity, um, we've got to, you know, I feel as you get to know more about me, Christina Tobin, research me, my Wikipedia, look at freenequal.org. I'm here simply to bring the experts together to have a discussion. I think our debates are going to be more of a conversation. Um, It's going to be about issues that we've spoken about on this phone, that 20-point plan and then some. Um, And I think that uh, it's now time more than ever to have experts discuss uh, about what are the best ways um, and, and to reform our electoral system, the rigged electoral system is issue. I don't take really sides, uh, you know, on, on what direction our country should go in, but I can tell you one thing. I do think that returning back to the origins of the Constitution is something that the people are going to want, and I think a lot of people on our platform are going to support that. Uh, I don't know if it's the exact word for word of the Constitution. I don't know, but, man, you know, if we're going to go back anywhere towards the direction of the Constitution, I see people on the left and the right, the Nader supporters, the Libertarian and Greens, even Greens recognizing that, gosh, we have corruption in our government. It needs to be cut back, mm-hmm. whether it's 10, 20, arguably up to 80 percent. If you want it to be back, uh, you know, to the origins of the Constitution, my role is to build that platform and let the people decide, shift the power back to the local levels and let the people decide how they want to spend their tax dollars on a local level. So uh, I'm so your your way of thinking is so on on the same wavelength as, as, as mine. So I really I really value your, your questions and your thoughts. Let me ask you one more question. Let me let me give her sure. one more question, then sure. I'll be done. Um, well, no, I'll just get. I'll just get. You, know, you sound I'll, like a young person. Oh, he wants to say like, something too. <laughs> well, no, I'll just get an interject. Uh, recently, we had uh, a couple candidates, local candidates in Ohio from the Green Party, one running for Senate and one running for uh, you know the U.S. House, and, and the gentleman uh, from the U.S. House, he was, uh, and I, I hate to say it, but his name's escaping me right now. Um, that's one of the things he talked about during the show was the uh, corruption of the government. And one of the things that he said, I really liked the guy who came on and said he, he thinks we need to get to Mars. But anyway, uh, that's for another day. Uh, go ahead, girls or ladies. Go ahead, son. Okay. Well, all right. Well, basically, you sound like a young person, like maybe maybe you're still in your 20s, maybe early 30s or something. Am I Am I right? Correct. Okay. Maybe you can answer this question about young people. <laughs> they all hear Bernie Sanders and others um, talking about 
free college and free this and free that. And they don't seem to understand that somebody has to pay for that. Colleges cannot run on air. They need money to run. And, uh, yes, granted, they may be uh, very greedy and they're taking in more money than they actually need to, you know, and maybe something could be done there as far as the state-run schools are concerned. But somebody has to pay for that education. And what ends up happening is the people who think they're getting this education so they can go out uh, into the world and find a really good job are going to find that when they get out of college in four years, six years, eight years, whatever they chose to do, um, then all of a sudden there is no job market. They've got all this education and they've got no job market to come to because while they're in school draining the money out of our pockets, um, now we don't have jobs. Our companies have closed and uh, uh, and people have been downsized to where now that now they have to work part time. Um, you know, uh, there's all kinds of things going on out there while they're in college in the economy, and then they figure out when they get out that now they don't have a job. But they don't seem to understand that 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 process. Um, is that because of what's being taught in the universities? about economics, what is it that they don't get? I'm speaking of the young well, people. I'm, I'm, I'm right on the board of a millennial. I'm 34 right there, so I'm kind of a, in between or barely millennial. And, uh, man, the education system is so corrupt. Uh, I found in 2008, 2014 when we were hosting our first annual United We Stand Fest, uh, UCLA, I, I saw firsthand the manipulation that the advisors had towards student group leaders, meaning like I spoke in front of 50 or 100 of them. I got a standing, you know, applaud that they want to support the United We Stand Fest. And then weeks went by, months went by, and they were all coming to me one by one saying their advisors told them not to support this fest because we're a movement. And the educational system doesn't want that. And it was very apparent to me that um, – I don't think many of the universities are serving the best interests of our students. If they don't fix this and figure this out soon, a lot, I know it's bold to say, but I think parties are going to go out of business to lobbyists, to mainstream media, and even a lot of educational universities, because right now we're on the verge and very ready to uh, sue UCLA for damages in the millions of attempting to sabotage the United We Stand Fast. Fortunately, at the 11th hour, the day of the event, I booked an alternative venue. It was, it was, Utter chaos is a miracle. I mean, the people united, getting back to the people united and save that movement. So, you know, the free college concept, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things I, I don't really um, can take sides on. It's when we, you know, bring the, 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 um, the uh, politics and decisions of how taxpayers spend their money back to the local elections. But, boy, if you also... On one end, it's good to pay your own way. I get that on another end if we were living in a government where it was a sustainable system and we were seeing how our money was being spent, we could be putting, uh, you know, cutting back 40, 50, 80% in taxes and probably still sustaining and paying for our universities. I don't know if it should be towards the sort of universities like UCLA at this point that are educating our, our students. I, I don't think they're teaching them, you know, um, to be – 
uh, I don't think they're teaching them as well as maybe a lot of private universities do or homeschooling. I think the educational system is going to change so much between now and five, ten years from now. Um, it's just hard to say. Um, it's another divisive issue, and it's an important one, but I like to focus more on the bigger issues that bring us together. Environmental is another divisive issue. That one's easy to counter. Um, and I don't want to go too much off your question, but I mean, who's going to argue with the fact that, you know, um, they're subsidizing so much of the things that aren't good for our, our, our environment that even if under a sustainable system, uh, a smaller amount was subsidized towards, gosh, free energy, if that even needs to be, or solar panels, which are already totally should be outdated, still, still not, you know, technology, we're going to be so soon beyond that. But who's going to argue with, you know, paying, uh, you know, less? for something that's good for our environment because we're breathing it. We're around it. Um, we need to be concerned about ourselves first. We need to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of Mother Earth, Does that makes sense, and our well-being and, and all this needless, uh, gosh, I could keep going on and on, but just this, this needless uh, people that we know are dying of cancer. We're focusing so much on, on the cure. Well, what's the cause? You know, why is the pharmaceutical industry making so much money? Why are they giving money to the two-party system? Why is the health, you know, educational too? I mean, it's, it's, it's so corrupt. So I, I definitely um, appreciate your questions. And I hope, again, I'm able to answer them somewhat <laughs> for you. No, you, you did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your thoughts. Let's go ahead. Um, let's go ahead since we said we were going to get her in. And uh, we'll see how much time we can do with, with uh, Susan. But thank you very much, Susan. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Okay, I won't go into uh, certain things till the uh, ten o'clock. But um, you, <laughs> you know, until Barnes Logic after dark. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have an issue with constantly criticizing the liberals and the Democrats. Um. And believe you me, I'm not a Democrat, nor will I ever be. However, who said yes to TPP the most? A whole bunch of Republicans have said mm-hmm. yes to it. Al Franken says no. Now, granted, this man is like Fruit Loops, but you know what? He's doing the right thing. Bernie Sanders says <laughs> no. All right. And now let's go down to this one. I want to get your, uh, and then I'll tell you who's fighting it. Stop the revolving door between Wall Street and Washington by prohibiting the practice of incentivizing private sector employees to take jobs in the government, making federal employees accuse themselves for two years in cases involving their former employees and closing the lobbyist uh, loophole. If there's a spinning door between government and private, they can accept incentives from the companies to take jobs in the government. And once they become government officials, they have to wait one year before regulating their old companies. And in reverse, the federal employees can take jobs in companies they oversaw immediately after leaving the government, becoming outside advisors, strategic counselors, and lobby their former government colleagues in unofficial capacity, allowing them to skirt legal requirements registered lobbyists have to meet. So, uh, what do you think of that? The TPP is, uh, 
it's it's like right up there with NATO. It is so scary. I mean, you go. I'm on the website right now for Electronic Frontier Foundation, which told it which rocks. The TPP is a secretive multinational trade agreement that threatens to extend restrictive intellectual property uh, laws across the globe and rewrite international rules on its enforcement. And it talks about the problems there at uh, ESF.org. You can Google that. Um, It gets back to the two-party system playing us. These Democrats and, 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 and Republicans are a team. They are a business. They really started to thrive in the 1890s when they created the restrictive ballot access barrier. So, you know, I agree with you. There should not be um, any more off energy towards the Democrats as there should be towards the Republicans. It should be equal because they are both guilty, very guilty, 100 percent guilty of putting our country in the state of where it is today. And it is scary. However, we have time to fix it. We still have time, and we will. And once we do, I know we're going to learn uh, from this error, and I don't see uh, our generation and future generations and many more to come repeating this error thanks to social media and the Internet and, and many other things as well, I'm sure. The last thing I read was not even about TTP, but, um, uh, yeah, the John Birch Society, it's made strange bedfellows fighting the TTP, let me tell you. Because John Birch Society, Bernie Sanders, uh, Ron Paul, Rand Paul, I mean, then Lord knows, uh, interesting groups to thrust together. But uh, it says here, Americans deserve to know who their government officials are working for. You can't trust federal employees tasked with reigning in Wall Street to be strict if their pockets are lined by their former bosses. Now, would you like to know who is fighting this? Senators Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Barbara Milkowski. I happen to agree with them. Mm-hmm. Because I don't believe, you know, Wall Street and Washington is a big, it's nothing but a big, shake hands and do business together. And it yeah. really takes, uh, it, it, it takes sometimes liberals to discover these things. Yes, I know. A blind squirrel will find an acorn every now and then, and apparently they're blind squirrels who find that acorn. But we should be grateful when they do find that acorn and fight on our side. You know, and, and so I do when call, it was said, I call them. Well, go, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Christina. You know, when it, in the previous question, you know, standards uh, being a good thing, one thing I also want to elaborate on, we may not agree, and I don't with all of his viewpoints, um, but he's accountable. And when we unify on a platform, I think the common denominator is accountable individuals. We may not all agree, but I don't agree that we have to compromise in order to unify it. And I meant to address that in the last question, but there are so many moving parts. Um, because, uh, you know, on a base of accountability on that wavelength, I think that we can uh, hash out the differences within reason, most if not almost all. And as we start to unite on the bigger issues, those seemingly divisive issues are going to start to fade away, specifically when we uh, transition uh, the power back to the local levels, which is going and will happen. It has to. So I agree with everything you're saying, and uh, people like Warren and Sanders are speaking up, speaking the truth. Trump in many ways, so there are certain things I just, oh, man. But I don't think he's going to have the kind of movement if he's elected I think, uh, you know, Congress could be at a stalemate. Uh, And, you know, um, 
that would leave room for a truly an independent uprising and an even way more independent or independent presidential candidates that is to run in 2020. So, however, I think the system may steal the vote. Um, it's interesting to see what Sanders will do. If he doesn't win the primary, I think it could be a bit stacked for Clinton. But gosh, uh, Sanders and, and Trump have sure waked up, woken up that is a lot of people in their own way mm-hmm. in the cycle. So um, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm, I'm glad he came on the call as well. I'm happy. I don't know if there's a question you had, though. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, it's fine. And, and, I'm, I'm happy with it. And uh, Kelly, real quick, has... Uh, a list of, I think it's like up to 2025, just a, on a list of things that. Go ahead, Kelly. I'll let you explain it. <laughs> well, uh, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, bigger picture issues that um, are not divisive, but we've got lots of problems. Um, I, well, I was on my way home and I'm sitting in front of a convenience store. I just grabbed a piece of scratch paper. And I wrote down 21. And some of these people won't get that's okay. We could spend hours on all these 21 points. But I just want to go through them. And I think they're bigger picture than RD, conservative, liberal, um, this and that. Um, like I said, some of these are going to be foreign people because it was, it was the way our country ran. But uh, number one is small town judges. That's why we have so many laws because judges would resolve disputes. And we don't have that anymore. Uh, number two, representation ratio. We don't have a representative republic anymore. Um, that ratio is too high. Yeah. Number three, Federal Reserve, get rid of that. Four, states' rights. Yeah. States' rights with moral issues. The federal government, the founders never, they could have, and they were devout Christians, they could have put in no gay marriage and no abortion. They didn't do it. Why? Because it was in the hands of the states. All right. Number five, local education control. Six, mm. unconstitutional wars. Congress mm. is the only one to declare war, not the president because he wants to. Seven, the right of petition exactly. to a grand jury. Yeah, eight, mm-hmm. grand jury support to hold accountability. NDAA and our privacy is so violated. Electronic election fraud. Uh, we got to revise our present law enforcement system. SWAT team, I believe, is unconstitutional. Number 12, term limits. 13, corporate lobbyists. Uh, 14, uh, manipulation. I'm sorry, mandatory vaccines. What about parental control about their kids? 15, planning in the rural areas. That's a way to really solve a lot of problems. 16, our taxation system. Oh, gosh. Not what was in the hmm. Constitution caused problems. 17, um, congressmen not reading bills. Hello. 18, pork. Oh, okay. <laughs> spending for your state. If you spend spending for my state, where does it come from? The state's in the first place. 19. How yeah, about banking, Kelly? Uh, well, by the way, I'm running for president of the National Jewish Hog Farmers Association. Anyway. You are? Um, <laughs> for the National Jewish Hog Farmers Association, there is none. That's a joke. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay. I'm... Yeah. At one vote, I win. Okay. All right. Try anyway, um, Yeah. Uh, Gatnap to TPPS 1920. Uh, the federal government not holding an Article 5 convention. There's been so many requests, and there's People working on this, why isn't Congress putting it together? Hello? They're just, the feds are just ignoring the states. Number 21, um, um, voting, yeah, the voting system or preferential voting system. I can see so many of these issues are above, and I think that's your goal, Christina. Yes, you're correct. 
That's the goal of our platform. Those are the sort of issues we'll be discussing amongst our United We Stand Fest, where we have Chuck D, a public enemy, calling out UCLA again. He did last September, the corrupt educational system, probably, and being blacklisted in, in, in Hollywood. Will he be vocal about certain issues on the list? list? I bet he will. Maybe Ed Asner will, Bill will, maybe different headliners. There's so many outspoken individuals from the Susan Sarandas to the John Cusacks uh, to the Oliver Stones. I see a lot of these sort of people, conscious businesses, as I mentioned before, taking a stand on this, Dr. Bronner's Magic Soaps. I mean, they're very huge on labeling GMO products, transparency. I see a lot of these oh, sort of companies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, endorsing these candidates, even funding it. I personally don't have an issue you know, towards, yes, money in politics is an issue because it's the wrong kind of money funding candidates, but let the people decide. Let's let people see who's funding who, what they are, how much, and if Marley Coffee or Dr. Bronner's or, like, really conscious, cool companies that do things right fund candidates, uh, maybe that's a candidate that will work for, for, for the people. Gosh, I think money is going to become less of an issue. But these sort of candidates, I, these are the kind of topics that I do foresee our platform engaging uh, conversation and the bigger issues that we can really, for the most part, unite on across the spectrum. The system is intentionally distracting us with divisive, divisive issues, and um, we have got to rise beyond that energy field into a much higher vibrational uh, you know, level, and, and that is what's going to happen on our platform at Free Nicole Election. Wow, that's why I want to see it. It's, uh, it's I'm liking what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I yeah, because we could go into a, a pro-life abortion for hours, and I keep saying it's not a federal issue. Hello. Anyway, mm-hmm. and that gets rid of the divisiveness. But um, you know, unless you want to have a constitutional amendment, oh, that's right, they're not doing that. So why are we wasting our time on this? Anyway, but there's ways, Christina, to diffuse a lot of divisive issues because we do have 50 states, 50 set of laws. And, you know, you live in Massachusetts, you want to do something, fine, it doesn't affect me. I don't live there. And if I did, I could move away. And that's how the founder set it up. So why not have more local control? Because the more we get divided over silly issues, the more power the federal government keeps grabbing. Yeah, I want to just go ding, ding, ding. You're correct. And, you know, the reason I'm staying on this call longer than an hour is because I um, I keep doing this because I get inspired in many different ways. And just listening to the questions and um, you, uh, you know, and your team taking the time to create this radio interview and the, the great questions, I mean, those are some very high-quality, well-thought-out, passionate, caring individuals about the world. It, it just gives me more and more hope. And we've got to rid of any and all doubt that we have in our consciousness and recognize that just in whatever way we can help get back to our community locally. Um, anyone that called on this, this line to, tonight, I know one lady had a bit of doubt, but, you know, my role is to help shift that in a solution-based direction because, you know, to, 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 to be in the energy field energy field of the latter is not good. To run away from our country, there's no running away from these problems. If we don't fix this here, you know, there's, we're, there's nowhere to hide in the world. We go down, the world goes down with us, the United States of America. And so 
that's not an option. So we've got to stay here and really rise power to the people and, and, you know, the whole piece, give peace a chance and here at free and equal, our slogan is more voices, more choices. Every problem stems from having the wrong people in office. So it's time uh, to make true change. And there is true hope here at free and equal. And I know the system has tried to manipulate the change and hope as if, that can't happen due to the Obama campaign and all, but that's manipulation of the mind, and it can happen. We're going to break through that here at Free and Equal Elections, working with many other like-minded organizations, and again, being that umbrella group to build them. So I thank you and the energy of your callers tonight for having me on this call, and I hope many, many more people as this rise are able to pick up this archived, uh, you know, interview and recognize that I am very consistent and, uh, and back onto the compromising is not an option. We are going to unify, and uh, and I see that happening. It's the only way. Well, I really appreciate you spending all the time with us and, and getting the opportunity to, uh, you know, people get out uh, their questions and their comments and their thoughts. Yeah, I really appreciate you spending all that time. And of course, uh, we'd definitely like to, to have you back on the show when. Uh, you have time to do so, and yeah, I did send that as, as we talked there on Facebook, and we'll work together on getting uh, the Stein on because I think that'll be a, a great conversation as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to that, uh, so we'll we'll, we'll get that please. planned as well. It's a definitely and then, you know, and, and specialist clip. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that, and, and as October gets closer, go ahead. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> historically, I've learned so much in the last year. Um, you know, the women's suffrage movement in the 1920s. I'm not really a heroine. Uh, named Amelia Boynton Robinson of Selma, civil rights. She registered people to vote when she was a little kid out of the buggy wagon with her mom in the 1920s, women's suffrage. And, and in the 60s, um, you know, uh, she was uh, the person who ignited the movement and brought the energy of, of Martin Luther King into Selma, which just sparked the, um, you know, the, the movement. Selma, the Bridge of Montgomery, Bloody Sunday, one day that changed America for 50 years and then some. Can't even put a cap on that. You know, she was the first African-American woman uh, to run for Congress in Alabama, um, garnering over, I believe, 10% of the vote. And, um, you know, meeting her, uh, and interviewing her last April, she was slated to be our keynote speaker at the United We Stand Fest, and unfortunately, she passed away two oh, months prior to it, 110 terrible. years wow. of age, 110. And, oh, my God. Um, wow. Uh, you know, she was on the Bridge of Selma earlier in the year um, for the anniversary with Obama and Michelle uh, but the Democratic Party did nothing to help her. I know this from all the people around her. The party's views, they, they don't help, um, unfortunately, um, individuals like her. And, you know, our history books, uh, you know, the educational system, she needs and will be known. I do foresee the bridge someday being named after her and, um, you know, and also her home being a historical landmark. But I bring her up, you know, her network has brought me to Ramsey Clark, the former attorney general of the United States. I've met with him in Manhattan. He's uh, taken a very strong stance against UCLA uh, the last couple of weeks coming out public that we should potentially really sue them, accountability, uh, sabotage, United We Stand Fest, standing up for the injustices, you know, being an educational movement and what UCLA did to us was just wrong. 
And I could tell you their funders are not going to be happy about it. And I think it's going to hurt them a lot should we go public and don't settle privately for those damages. But, um, you know, uh, I definitely, uh, you know, it's just they did not do all that for no reason. Ramsey Clark helped draft the voting rights bill. I mean, the the Civil Rights Act. I mean, all of that in the 60s. And these individuals will not be forgotten. And free and equal elections is really going to highlight a lot of that. Our history has been lost, and we're here to really rekindle that because we now have the right to register to vote. And we're not utilizing that, and that's because the system's manipulated us and, and has rigged it. And our vote doesn't necessarily always count, but that is going to be fixed because these people did not, uh, you know, Milia was tear gassed and beaten and left for dead on the bridge during the, ba- the bridges, you know, during Selma. And I mean, to meet this woman, she exists. Obama hasn't done anything like that. Our presidential kids, she went out there and made change. She built a movement within her community, which is what I'm doing here in Cambria, that brought about national historical, uh, you know, change for, I feel, arguably, centuries to come she has inspired me uh to take and elevate this movement and the people around her that still connect with me today day in and day out i just will not give up and she said to me fear is not an option you know a hopeless a a voteless person is a hopeless person and you know i mean it just it's a little harsh you know but i i just her heart and her love and her passion authenticity I hope that the listeners and you guys and everyone listening tonight really takes that with them because history will not be lost. And I'm excited to bring a lot of that back on our platform as well. Well, I appreciate that real quick in the programming notes uh, before we uh, ever give uh, nights to Christina. She's got to go. If you don't give us a call the next six minutes, then unfortunately your audio will cut out. Uh, The show will, as they say, go on. Uh, but it, and it will be part of the podcast, uh, unfortunately. But those not on the call uh, will not be able to hear the uh, extended period, or what we sometimes lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark. Uh, so if you'd like to listen to or even be a part of that, give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. Because unfortunately, if you do not, you will not be able to hear uh, that portion of the show. But of course, however, it will be available. Uh, the podcast shortly after the end of the show uh, in about an hour. Uh, so go ahead and give us a call there at the 347-945-7428. And so let's go ahead and uh, bring it back to you, Christina. And, and again, we uh, really appreciate uh, you coming on, spending all the, the time with us, and you're welcome, of course, uh, to come back. And I certainly want to uh, have you come back uh, to talk more about the uh, United We Stand Festival that's uh, going to happen in October. Beautiful. I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to coming back on. So thanks guys for what you do and your listeners for caring so much and, and really helping to inspire me even more and rejuvenate and and keep moving forward one foot in front of the other. So have a beautiful night and thank you again for all that you do. Thanks for coming. You too. You too. We were pleased for you. Take care. Take care. Lots of love. Thank you. Thank you, folks. That was Christina Tobin, and you can find uh, Free and Equal at www.freeandequal.org. So, yes, we had her uh, back in 2012. Back, uh, She's still working it uh, four years later. Uh, It's uh, it's awesome to uh, have her back on and be in contact 
uh, with Christina and uh, looking forward to, to see what she does and what Free and Equal does in the future. Uh, and so uh, definitely, uh, she suggested, if you're listening live or if you're listening uh, to the podcast, to uh, broadcast this out, uh, put it on your social media. She's pointed out how big it is. And speaking of social media, also uh, check out the petition, if you haven't already, at www.standunited.org, backslash petition, backslash Gingrich, uh, dash four, dash Trump's, dash VP. And that is a petition uh, that we're going to be sending uh, to Donald Trump and to Ben Carson uh, for he can uh, pick, uh, you know, kind of stir him along to pick Newt Gingrich as his running mate. And so far as it stands, uh, we brought this up uh, last Wednesday. Uh, we didn't uh, post it yet. It was about a day or two after that. Uh, but as of tonight, we currently have 914 signatures, so we're almost there to a 1,000 signature mark. Uh, we still have a, a long way that we would like to go, um, but, you know, getting people to take action isn't always an easy thing. Uh, but we did uh, succeed in getting uh, close to 1,000 signatures. I think uh, that we will break that. I think uh, we've got a really good chance of breaking that by this weekend, uh, if not even uh, before. Uh, tomorrow's only Thursday, and, of course, we've got the weekend. So if you have not already signed, uh, whether you're a listener here now on the live show or listening to the podcast, uh, sign the petition, and please share it out with folks uh, so that they can uh, listen to it uh, as well. I mean, sign it as well and, and get it to their folks uh, for it because uh, we'd you know, like to have many more, even over a 1,000 uh, signatures. So, you know, that's a, a little bit of a milestone, uh, getting that many uh, signatures and, and that uh, bit of time. And so uh, we'll uh, see what we can work and see how many we can get, but uh, definitely ask people to do that. And so that's what I really wanted to uh, talk about uh, for the remainder of the show is, you know, things going on uh, with uh, the campaign. Uh, we talked about Trump and who his uh, pick's going to be and how this uh, has been, you know, kind of dubbed 2016, the election uh, year of the people. And I think just with having all the new folks, both, you know, through Sanders is brought on and Donald Trump uh, is brought on. I do think that uh, she, Christina had a point tonight where she said uh, she thinks a lot of the Bernie Sanders uh, would get, will move over to Trump. I, I agree with that as well. And uh, now I think if they, if he does become, and I think it's at least, you know, likely that he could be the VP pick. I mean, just think about it. Who else really could she choose? I mean, I, I don't know who. Um, that 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 she would choose. I mean, Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I mean, Chuck Schumer. I mean, who who would she pick? Uh, no one that I think would make much sense uh, for it. But anyway, so let's go ahead and get our you know our panelist thoughts, and we'll go ahead and uh, bring John back in. And you know, I know John's not a, a Trump supporter, uh, but you are uh, paying attention to what's going on out there. You see what the people think. And I, I remember when I was interviewing some folks at a Trump rally. Uh, they said this is a movement, and I think it is. I think it's that the people this election year are probably more uh, involved than they have been in a long time. Uh, I think, you know, because we do have two outside candidates in Trump and in Sanders, uh, mix it up because we're tired of our damn oh, – it is. Bars watching against the – no, not for another minute. Uh, you know, for our government, uh, if we want somebody who's going to be able to maybe shake things up and, and do something new. So let's go ahead and bring it over to you. Uh, John, and get your thoughts on that. Well, 
the more and more I hear about Trump, the more and more I'm starting to sense that, you know, he's got enough of the majority of the Americans behind him that if we were to vote for anybody else, we would get, you know, less. I'm still in digging deeper in the ConstitutionParty.com nominee, Daryl Castle, to kind of better fill that out. I don't really hear or see anything about him. Maybe you ought to get him on your show and have a big meeting with him like you did um, some of the other people earlier in the year. But um, all of the people that's interested in Newt being Trump's VP, not, not only should you sign the petition, here I'm sitting here helping you now, I'm not really a big Trump fan, but if you know, you're going to go that way, You not only should you sign the petition, but you ought to go to DonaldJTrump.com and send him a message there and scroll down to the bottom of the page and get his campaign headquarters phone number that starts with an area code 646 and give him a call and tell him you want new because I would be more likely to vote for Trump if Newt was his VP. But if he, I don't really know anybody else that would make his, um, you know, to his cabinet to that take much it. alluring. Yeah, his ticket that much alluring. I mean, one of the things that really holds me even continuing to look at him is hearing other people talk about him. You know, when I think you all remember earlier in the, um, other shows, I was a Ben Carson guy and a guy. But when mm-hmm. Ben Carson jumped on the Trump train, I did not go with him. And I'm like, well, just because he jumped off the cliff don't mean that I'm going to bang my head against that rock. But anyway, the more and more I hear about these other people that are talking about Trump and Newt Gingrich on Hannity has really proved to me that, you know, he would be a better candidate for, uh, Trump's VP slot, and and I'm concerned if I did vote for Daryl Castle, which I think, you know, he's probably more aligned from a policy standpoint for what I'm looking for, but I just don't think he's got enough votes. But anyway, if I was to vote for him and then Mrs. Clinton or Bernie get the thing, I would be wanting to kick myself. So... That's kind of where I'm at right now. So I haven't really jumped on the train yet, but like I said, go to DonaldJTrump.com and look at the headquarters phone number at the bottom of the page and call him and make sure he knows who you want to be VP. Because that's all that really matters. No matter what the rest of us, it doesn't matter. He's going to be the one picking his VP. That's right. And I remember what you said about about Hannity. I I put out a... A post uh, on Facebook, uh, I guess yesterday, uh, where as you know, that's who um, that's who Hannity would say that he would, you know, think would that Trump should pick uh, to be his VP. He said, "Yeah, he thinks that that would be, uh, you know, at least with his his choice would be." And he he is on the short list, uh, you know, that's for certain. Um, you know, because I've seen that in multiple places. Uh, where that's been, you know, where they, they've got him on the short list. I mean, you know, there's been other folks who's been uh, mentioned, you know, of course. Uh, you know, one person was kept telling me, you know, that uh, – oh, who's that? The, the, the governor of Arizona, uh, that she would be, you know, a good pick. Um, 
you know, saying that she's got experience. And I'm not saying she doesn't. It's just I don't think she has the kind of experience that uh, that Newt is looking for. Not Newt, I mean, yeah. Trump is looking for, sorry. I <laughs> yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name either. I think it's Jan Brewer, but it, that may not be her name. Yeah, Jan Brewer, you're right. No, you're right. That's who it is. Oh, is that her name? Okay. Well, that's just what come to me, but I didn't know if I was remembering it correctly. But, I mean, Jeff Sessions, to me, you know, would be a great pick, too. But, I mean, there's other people that I may not even know about, but it really doesn't matter because I'm looking, you know, still looking for somebody that's more in line to the Constitution. I just don't think – I think, like I said before, Donald Trump, he – Maybe getting better at his job, so to speak, on trying to win the nomination. And it looks like he is going to win because he only needs like 70 or 80 um, delegates now to cinch it for the 1237. But I, I just I think he's still a snake oil salesman and a, he's not constitutional or too far out of the Constitution. But, uh, you know, if you compare him against Bernie or, or – Clinton, yeah, he wins, but there's other people that I think are better. I just don't know if they'll get enough of the populist vote in order to even make it justifiable to vote for him. So that's why I'm still kind of hanging in there with Trump, so to speak, but not voting yet. Well, just real quick uh, before we uh, bring it over to you, Susan, is I just got a message here uh, from Christina here on Facebook, and she just wanted to let us know that she really enjoyed uh, coming on to the show, she really enjoyed uh, the interview. So we, I know, I we definitely enjoyed it. I'm, I'm really glad she uh, stayed on uh, to get us an opportunity to you know, talk to us here. Uh, so Christina, you know, listen to the podcast, and I'll let you know we really appreciate it uh, as well. And uh, so let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Susan. Thank you. Ah, well, I want to answer. Well. I usually love what Kelly says. In fact, I don't have his uh, email, the message. For the, you, I guess you didn't send him my emails. So I get that stuff on nullifying. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I did. Kelly, I did email you her, uh, her uh, email address. Okay, Kelly. Must get buried in all his emails. <laughs> Thank Is that you. what happened, Kelly? Yeah, that's great. I'm going to type up the list of 20 and then uh, send it off to her. If he emails me, yeah. then I can email some of my blog articles, which he might like. My last one was Pork Barrel. I remember she talked about other ways to get tax dollars. And you quit saying pork, you're making me hungry. <laughs> what? Go ahead. So quit saying oh. pork, you're making me hungry. <laughs> that's what I said about the other. Anyway, um... You will love the one about the shrimp on the treadmill to the eye of the tiger. Um, yeah, that's what our money goes on, yes. But anyway, you mentioned the um, Constitutional Convention, right? I, I think in your list. I cannot go along with a con-con. That's what John Birch Society calls it. They have no plan to enforce the Constitution. The Constitution is right, it's good, it needs to be protected. And let me tell you, they've got other plans for it. Article 5 proponents have given up enforcing our Constitution. They're conceding that the existence of the many bloated unconstitutional 
federal agencies and programs. That's true. Uh, but if you think that a lot of these people that are behind it are going to want that enforced, not going to try to change other things, uh, they're not. The plan for enforcing our Constitution is John Versailles. We've been proclaiming this is a republic, not a democracy, for 50 years. And if people have listened and done what they said, we wouldn't have a problem now. The Article 5 Convention proponents are not intending to support and defend the Constitution. They're going to try to rein in our out-of-compliance with the Constitution's gimmicks like a balanced budget amendment, a term limits amendment, a countermand amendment, and such a systematic constitutional anarchist we've been increasingly experienced cannot be reined in with these limited measures. They are fighting this in every state, tooth and nail, and I back them on this. You want to do something, you defend the Constitution we have now, not adding these amendments where Democrats and liberals will be at too and throwing their own stuff in. Trust me on that. <clears throat> so that's the one thing I can't agree with you on. With the John Birch Society, I stand. Can't, can't agree with it. The problem with a present present Article 5 is who's in control of it, because if we have the duopoly in charge of it, they might just say, oh, Second Amendment, let's get rid of that. Uh, It's pretty frightening to have an Article 5 now. If we had the right people in place, yeah, I'd more than welcome an Article 5, but in the late 60s, there was a balanced budget amendment proposed by the states with enough signatures. Congress never called the Article 5 convention. And it was their duty. They didn't do it. They didn't want to balance the budget. It was it was a sick thing. Um, had they had the balanced budget amendment, they might have thought twice about passing the Federal Reserve Act and continuing the war in Vietnam. It, it's really frustrating because... We need one, but not in the right, not in the wrong hands. Well, it will be probably in the wrong hands, which is why the person's fighting it. And I, you know, even the Constitution Club with Keith Broders, and I think Robert knows who he is. They talk about the Constitution continuously. All their articles, the Constitution is. it, they they target that all the time. I've got a file, and I save all their articles because it's it's what I use. And yeah, people disrespect the constitution. Speaking of which, some of you seem to feel that this issue is a distraction. Oh boy, you're not gonna like what I'm gonna do then, um, because uh, Target, I'm sick of it. There's been more and more stories out. And they have said men can go in the women's restrooms. Well, guess what Susan's going to do on Friday? I'm marching into the men's restroom. And if they don't like it, I will sue them for discrimination. And I've got the backing of a couple of my friends who are in politics to do that. Now, both said she wouldn't go. She sent her to Monty Pierce's sister. Her husband would kill her. I said, well, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> He's an ex, so to speak, and he don't care. So, um, you know, I'm just, no, I'm going to do it. They need to be taught a lesson. They just 
I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to walk in. They'll use the enclosed part and then march back out. And they say one thing, just one thing, I will tell them, see you in court. So they better not. To me, it is a big deal. Women are getting molested. And if you had been molested as a kid, you would know what, why I'm angry about this. This is nonsense, especially where he's trying to get in the high schools and the grade schools. And oh, yeah, his decree, like if it was a king? Yes. Well, well, well now that there's been a lot of backlash, now he's saying, well, it's just a suggestion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, folks, we do have... Well, folks, we do have Gene on the line, so let's go ahead and let's go ahead and bring Gene in. Because unfortunately, we only got about not even forty minutes left uh, before we have to uh, start shutting things down. Uh, you know, maybe forty minutes, uh, and then we'll have to shut things down. But less than that, because we want to get our uh, final words in. And so let's go ahead and bring in Gene, okay, folks? Uh, so Gene, thank you very much. Uh, I believe you're from Idaho. Thank you for coming to the show. How are you? Uh, you're quite welcome. Sounds like you're having some inter- interesting things in, uh, during this uh, part of the time. And uh, and then I guess I will, the bathroom one is a very controversial one because it seems like it's getting winds of its own because before all this stuff got passed, I thought that the adults could know what bathroom that they could go to without the government telling them to. But now the, the government schools are, are telling them what bathroom to use or showers and everything else is just getting, getting crazy out of control. I understand some of Susan's concerns about that. Are. And then about Trump, I noticed that he has brought a, Supreme, a list of Supreme Court uh, people, and I what I like about him, he's a businessman, that he's not, he's not dependent on other people for money, and hopefully he will do, do the right thing if he gets to be president, because I sure don't want Hillary, and then Sanders would be too far off to the left. Oh, he is an interesting person, Sanders is. Yeah, he's interesting. I mean, you know, I don't like most of what he says. So I think the thing about I think the thing that the I I dislike the most about what Bernie Sanders says is when he's when he when the, and not just him, but you know the last uh, when they talk about raising the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. That drives me absolutely insane. One, so are you going to give everyone who makes $15 an hour an hour a raise? I doubt it. So what are you going to tell folks who've been, you know, working at a company for years and said, you started off maybe, maybe they started off at $8 an hour, and now they've been long enough, and now they make 15 So what are you going to do? Say somebody who's just now coming in, you know, now makes as much as they do, and they didn't put, as much, they didn't put in as much time? I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I lived over in Ontario, Oregon for a while, and their minimum wage is a couple dollars more than the Idaho's. And they're, I think they have three different areas that uh, where I lived out. I think it's going up in a dollar or two in a year. But uh, coming over here to Idaho, they did a couple of dollars less, but I haven't seen any of the prices when I go shopping at the store or anything. And probably some might be a little more being a more, uh, you know, city area, urban area over here. But I haven't seen any any big changes, you know, where somebody something dropped when you went to eat someplace. There, uh, I know some places like Denny's. I think their menu is the same in Boise as it is in Ontario. I mean, the same price to buy steak or whatever, whatever it is. 
So you're saying that you're not seeing any of the prices go up? Yeah, I mean, they come over here, and their minimum wage is $2 less, and in Oregon, it'll probably be an hour more in the next year, and I'm not seeing any big price drop when they come over here. When they go shopping at Walmart for groceries, mm-hmm. the prices don't seem to be the same. Of course, Walmart is paying more than the women wage, I know, because I work for Walmart. Yeah, but I think it's, you know, because right now, what is the minimum wage? Like, uh, Seven something or eight or eight dollars or something. I mean, I don't know. Like I, think, seven. I, I think it's seven and a quarter in Idaho, and, and Oregon was nine twenty-five in the last I said. I think it's going up probably a dollar in the next year or whatever because okay. I said they passed theirs. But I mean, like Portland, I think theirs will go up eventually. I think but, that's fifteen dollars because it's because it's pretty expensive to kind of live up in Portland. What's it, thousand dollars or more to to have a place to to live there or something in an apartment or whatever. Pretty good well, I mean, money, yeah, I think. So, well, well, let's say it's $9.25. So you're going to so you're going to give, give someone almost a 50% increase, 50% increase. And if you're going to give all these people a 50% increase, you know, and that's saying for the folks who are making 9.25. If they're making 7 something, that's, you know, that's almost a 70% increase, right? So you're going to give people well, that big of an increase I, I, in their I, I, salary, and you're not going to expect uh, prices to go up. They will. Well, I think it will take two or three years, though. First, when I was working at Heinz, I was hitting $12.76 an hour. I think they have about 800 workers working there. And there, there's line operators and other people, you know, 13 and the line operators. I think they were getting about 17 or $19 an hour in the factory. We in a factory. Now, you know, my thing. Uh, and what about you? You know, and let's think of the teenagers too. I mean, what company? Let's say McDonald's, for instance. You know, that's a company everybody knows about. Do, do people really think McDonald's is going to you know, hire teenagers for fifteen bucks an hour? Well, I don't think they will get fifteen dollars an hour in Portland. They probably will eventually, perhaps. But in Ontario, I don't know if they they might be eleven in a quarter or something, and you know, in a few years or something, you know, because they're in a, they have, Oregon has three different areas. I know that Portland, like Portland would be the highest area for the minimum wage as that goes along. You know, that area, that metro area. But I'm not sure where the second one is, if that means it's around Eugene or somewhere else where that area, I don't remember how that part of it works. Because Ontario, that area was, but I think that's kind of the third area, the less, you know, less increase of of the whole state for for theirs being raised. Yeah, but if the but if the federal government says that the minimum wage minimum wage has to be fifteen, doesn't everyone have to give them the, uh, a, a raise up to fifteen dollars an hour? Well, that's that's the already federal, already if it, if it comes that. down from the federal yeah, government. Hmm? But the Oregon one is just uh, is the three different areas. The federal government, what is there, seven and a quarter or something like Idaho? Because that's all Idaho plays, I think, if you at some of the stores and stuff. I've kind of asked some of the people, too. Right? The, the only one dollar store, I think they just did seven and a quarter an hour, I believe, you know, in Idaho. Is that you, Kelly? John. Oh, go ahead, John. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, 
I think it, he's right that the federal um, minimum wage is set right now at seven twenty-five. But then pre- President Obama did some executive orders that anybody that's contracted with the government, they mm-hmm. have to give them. I don't remember if it's fifteen or what, but I think it was fifteen. But the states are still left to decide what their, their you know, what they want to do as long as they're meeting the seven twenty five federal. So well, I think they change sometimes. There's well, that's the thing right now, but they're talking about raising the federal for everybody to the fifteen, correct? Well, a lot of people are talking about it, but I don't know of any bills on the floor. I haven't seen anything on C-SPAN about that. People are talking. About yeah, not not of right now. But yeah, well, yeah, once Hillary gets in or or whatever, if she if she does, let's hope she does. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, the others. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I know Obama went and changed some things. I think some of these supervisors tend that they've probably been working fifty or sixty hours, or they. Well, they haven't been getting any extra money. I think you change something when they have to uh, pay them some overtime. So some of these stores, I think they're going to cut down an hours or put them in hour basements or or make some adjustments. So you know they're not wanting to pay all that overtime. And uh, you know, like if you're a manager trainee, you've been working all these hours, they're not going to want to pay you all that. You know, when you was on a salary, so they're going to have to make some adjustments for you. But do you think the people really have that much of a um, desire to see a fifteen dollar an hour? Do you real? I mean, do, do you think so? Oh, you might be if you're one of those. You might be if you're one of those people, especially who lived in Portland and been kind of skimping by. Do you think they're just using that as a ploy to get votes? I mean, I think that's probably it. But I mean. You know, they'll, then they'll probably want to do it because think about it. If you raise all these people to fifteen dollars an hour, now you, now they're going to be taxed at a fifteen dollar an hour rate. Now they get now the government gets more taxes. <laughs> That's how the government can get more taxes out of businesses. I wonder what's going to happen to people at Heinz because you know the crazy thing I worked there was during an eight year contract, so if the minimum wage that raised a couple uh, dollars in Ontario, and I don't know along the way, you know, somewhere more than eight. Dollars, uh, and you know, did even raise more during that eight years of Heinz. Uh, the Heinz people are trying to hunt out to dry, you know, on that eight-year contract. Even though I mean, their wages will be adjusted as they fall on, but you know, being in the union, but they might feel the squeeze a little bit along the way. And also, Robert, if you know the international corporate global governance people, they love that idea because the small businesses that can't afford it are going to fold, so that means the corporations get to take up more of the market share of the customer base that those small businesses, you know, had when they went out of business. So, see, the corporate global governance people love that tactic. puts the small business people out of business. And they can get base. I think just using Ontario example, first they have that Walmart, but they have like a Kenny and Kill hardware store, so the hardware store would have to cater to a certain base, so they would probably have to, you know, raise their prices a bit. But you're going to pay more when you go to Kenny and Kill anyway, and I think you would the Walmart. I mean, you're going to go there, you know, get a special part or for your plumbing or whatever. You're not going to go there, 
you know, there's a glutton for a deal compared to Walmart. Yeah, it depends on your market, too. If you're in a market that has multiple opportunities for other hardwares like True Values or whatever or Home yeah. Depot or whatever, where you can compete, then they're, they're going to have a harder time trying to raise their prices. So they'll still yeah. have to compete in the market there. But in these rural places where that's all you have is the Walmart, you know, then you're definitely going to be able to raise prices in that Walmart store, and then all the communities oh, in yeah. that area are going to suffer, you know. But the no. small business guys, when they go out of business, and the workers that work for the small business people, that's more unemployment for them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, the offset might be that the people that got the raise that work at these companies – they might be paying more in taxes to the government, but now you have more small business people that lost their jobs completely, and they're not in the tax base at all. And now the corporate global governance people have more of a uh, collective um, arm, strong arm over governance because they're the ones that's you know helping funding these campaigns for all these people running for office, and they you know, dangle those carrots and get them to write the bills and laws and stuff the way they want them. Well, what I think is even worse, what is even worse, I've seen on the news all that, I don't know if you've seen it or not, where the Walmart and some of those communities is closing their store, and they're the only store there now because they kind of came in and I guess that was to establish their business, and there was the only store in town, and now they're leaving that. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Okay, I got a question. This yeah, came up at work today, and it's, so, it's totally on. It's totally on uh, politics, and we won't spend a lot of time on it. What's a? Anyone here know what a, a, a meme is? I couldn't make out what you said. It was kind of too oh, muddled. What? Oh, it's called a meme. M E M E. I don't know. I keep hearing don't that. Me. I don't know what it is. is it like I don't know. Yeah, I don't really quite. I don't really quite know what it is either. <laughs> What does it do? I don't know. It's some kind of weird saying or something. I don't know. I'll have to Google it, I guess, at some point. Wow. I don't, yeah, even, I, I don't I, even know I, what a meme I, is. I guess we're just too old. I think, I don't know. <laughs> I, no, it's, I, I think it's like a Twitter thing, a tweet, you know, huh. like meme, oh, I guess. I don't know. I've been hearing that, too. No, I haven't okay. really figured it out yet, either. Okay. Hey, John. Um, yes, sir. I like your I like your point about when minimum wage gets increased, the small businesses fold. I mean, these national corporations, multinational, they keep growing stronger and stronger and stronger. And the little guy just keeps getting squashed. I mean, we've got a Walmart in uh, my my town here, or my hometown, whatever. And uh, I always see somebody when I that I know when I walk in there, and. Uh, yeah, it just grew and expanded in the local businesses. Why did we let this happen? And then, you, oh, but they'll create jobs. No, they're going to steal jobs from the existing businesses. But Santa Cruz, um, they said no to the new to the Walmart. They just got hammered, and Walmart went away. And it, huh. it's just interesting. I never thought of the big picture until you pointed it out that you're raising minimum wage. Your mom and your mom and pop shops uh, get squished. I never realized that. 
I think even more importantly, not only do they suck up more market share, but they consolidate the political power where their lobbyist doesn't have to work as hard to win over the, you know, different people in Congress or in their government, you know, state and federal and whatever. Yeah. Hey, I want to change the topic a little bit. I um, We ought to have a show or, or maybe after a guest when we got an hour or two to, to chat. Um, I think we should put a list of uh, items. I mean, I just cranked out my 20, but items that are above Republicans and Democrats. Well, you could do that fast, above, too, let me tell you. <laughs> well, I had to, you know. It could spend hours. See, you start opening up conversation, we'd only get to point number three. But um, <laughs> I, 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 would, I would propose that we work on our list called the Barge Logic Team, okay? We can go to Facebook there. Um, if everybody's on Facebook or we do it by email. But we all come up with 20. It's going to end up being 40 probably. And uh, let's compare notes with what Christina Tobin's doing. And one of the nice things about this is that we have an opportunity to influence her movement. She might have, you know, looked over one or not realized one, or we might actually change her position on one. I think we could have a really big influence so what I'm proposing is, what, what, let me finish. Uh, what I'm proposing is, we take a 20 list, you know, John's 20 list, my 20 list, Robert's 20 list, whoever, and we all consolidate it into something, and work on Facebook, posting on on Bard's Logic on Facebook. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. And I, I did, I did, I did like how she noticed, and, and, and you know what she commented on. When she said the team, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, we've never, uh, you know, like promoted that, you know, it, it that way. But I'm, you know, I'm glad she 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 put it in, in that context. I really, I really did. It, it's something that you know, conceptually, and you know, I mean, I, you know, you you know, it's there, but it's not something that you know, it's in your mind while you're doing it. But then someone who's, you know, you know, comes in, especially a you know guest uh, such as herself. Uh, to, to come in and make that notice because you know we never talked about well you know it's it's panelists and that but you know it's it is a team uh, and I've you know I haven't used the word team uh, I don't think I've ever used the the word t- you know team I think in our group and this and that but yeah I think it does develop into that and or it has developed into that and I've always said you know it's it's you know the audience of course and the the, the guests but of course. You know the main crew that we've had on here for so long, and, and you folks uh, here who uh, is, you know, has the team as she put it uh, for for Bard's Logic. I really do, and you know, of course, we want to increase the team uh, to, you know, to much much, you know, or many many more people uh, to, you know, listen and be a part of the show. Of course, you know, because you know, grassroots, we the people. Uh, that's the show. That's our brand. Um, and so, you know, we want to bring things in that, that are important. And, and I think that's where this could coalesce to what we we're talking about doing is, is find something that can bring us uh, together, uh, whether you're right, left, or, you know, I mean, look what we've done, you know, even so we, we did it subconsciously. We didn't, we did this without even knowing. I mean, we've got libertarians you know, represented here. We've got Green Party folks represented here. We've got Republicans represented here, you know, you know, we've got independents represented. We you know, we've had at one time, you know, even different religions. We had, you know, one of our panelists at one time was Jewish 
We've got, you know, Druids. We've got Christians, you know, just regular, you know, Catholics. You've got, you know, you know different uh, denominations, uh, you know, on that. So, you know, I, I think we've kind of ran the game a little bit, uh, uh, showing that, one. you know, we are – I don't like to use the word diverse. I just never like to use that word, I guess, because it's, it's been co-opted. But you, you forgot one with religious group. Uh, pagan. Well, uh, <laughs> I said druid. <laughs> oh, that's different. Well, what, what, aren't you? Uh, what? What? what um, I can't. I, I can't. I still can't figure out what you are. If you put a title on it. Well, someone calls someone, someone say druid. Someone say someone say Wiccan. You know, just someone say you know New Age. You know, it's not really New Age. Actually, it's one of the most ancient religions of the world. <laughs> Druidism is actually one of the, the most ancient religions of the world, and people call you know well, some um, you know call it oh it's the new 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 age. Oh, no, not really. I showed you some information on Druid. You would probably run away from. Anyway. Nah. But anyway, all right. So let's let's go back to this idea. I'm proposing it. I'll work on my 20 list. Put it on Bard's Logic Facebook, and I'll probably have. Yeah, I got the group, which I haven't really worked on to be much. But, yeah, post it on the Bard's Logic Cloak Talk group. It's something I really haven't emphasized or worked a lot with, to be honest, I hate to say. But, yeah, I mean, that's where I said folks to put articles and ideas that we can use to bring on the show. Uh, And I'd like to really bring that back. Go ahead. So you have Bard's Logic and Bard's Logic group, two different Facebook pages? Yeah, well, well, one's a page. You know the fa- the ones just the the Facebook page. That's where I that's where I put the the promo for the episode, and then that's when I I, I use that page to to spread out the link uh, to promote the show uh, or other links you know that we talk about and promote the website things of that nature. And then I did actually have a group where I wanted folks that they had an idea that they wanted to talk about on the show uh, because you know this is the grassroots we the people show right, and so we want to get uh, topics. And, you know, and even pick someone who wants to be, you know, come on the show and kind of host the show for a while, you know, you know, for that night or for that topic, you know, when I kind of moderate or something of that nature, where this is, this is what they want to talk about tonight. Now, I know when I used to do the show live five times a week and then have the two uh, pot, you know, the two uh, rebroadcasts on the weekends, um, I was able to do that more. And that's when I really started the group. So I thought, man, if I'm going to be, you know, you know, if the show's going to be on for five nights a week, you know, we definitely want to be able to open it up to people to send us their, you know, their links and their posts and what they want to talk about and, and, and have that, bring that on the show. Now, unfortunately, uh, since I'm only doing one night a week, and unfortunately that's all I can really do with maybe twice every once in a while. Because um, now I kind of, I mean, I've got my day job and it's only three times a month, but I've also, that's once a week, four times a week. Uh, a month, I, I picked up kind of a, a second job to, to help uh, those funds go towards uh, my daughter's high school uh, tuition because it's it's up there. <laughs> so, uh, wow. so yeah, so just the time. Oh yeah, it's um, it, it's a good amount. Let's say let's say there's there's speaking of uh, Bernie Sanders at his free college. Let me tell you something. There are some state, you know, some uh, they call them state colleges or or, or whatever that. They're they're normally not uh, as expensive, I guess, as private college or something like that nature. But her high school actually costs more than some of the state colleges around here. So I think oh for God. like a, 
I think for like yeah, I think for like a four year degree at one, it's like uh, maybe twenty five thousand dollars for four years, and for her high school, it's forty four thousand. You know, <laughs> so for four oh years gosh. of high school, yeah. Wow. So, and that's not counting, you know, extracurriculars and uniforms and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not cheap, but. Uh, you know, so I unfortunately had to tax something extra on uh, to kind of curtail wow. those, you know, these costs. Wow. So unfortunately, because of that, you know, it's just I wish I, I believe me, I would love to be able to do the show five nights a week again. Heck, even three, oh, but yeah. unfortunately, it's just untenable. Hey, uh, it's real quick. Uh, so the Facebook group, you can load up files. What I'm intending to do is write. Yeah, you can. Documents, funny. files, yes, on the groups. Yeah, so here's 20, and then if you click on the files, you can see the 20 again. Each of them have a longer explanation why this is so important. Yeah. And, uh, John, I wanted to answer your question, Senator, why we have so many laws. Well, one of the reasons is because we've gotten away from small-town judges. Uh, small-town judges are very dynamic. What's the purpose of law? Resolve disputes. Administer justice. So when people are having issues, they know the small-town judge in the old days, Judge could just walk out to somebody's neighbor and say, "Hey, you know, let's let's work this out," and they work it out, or they they show up in court, and then, you know, what what have you. And when you have a very dynamic system like that, you don't need endless laws. And even when you pass a bazillion laws, it still doesn't cover any everything that a dynamic judge would do. In fact, the Hebrews had judges in every small town, and what did they have for the Constitution? Well, that would be the Torah. But that country lasted six to 800 years. King Jehoshaphat appointed judges in every small town. It's fascinating to see, and that's what we were modeled after, and it worked really well until this franchise, this uh, monopoly of the Bar Association, oh, you can't be a judge unless you hold a bar card. And there went all the small town judges. Well, they're not qualified. Well, tell that to Robert Hulot Jackson, who didn't hold a bar card. He was a Supreme Court justice. He also presided over the Nuremberg trials. He worked up through the chain of command and basically small town judge and then he went to the superior court of the county. Then he went to appellate court and state supreme court, da 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 da, worked up the way of chain of command. That's how it used to be. And the people hold that judge accountable. You're an idiot. You're out of office. Or hey, that's awesome. And even the legal system they have, a system of accountability where if um, you have a bunch of appellate cases against you as a judge and it's overturned, you're not working up the ladder. That's just the way it is. And so it's absolutely stunning and fascinating how there is a system of accountability within the old system of small town. I mean, we used to have here in the county, old-timers county, a judge in Fort Jones and Happy Camp and Montague, and um, that's just what there was. So first level of appeal was the superior court. Superior Court of Siskiyou County. Okay, Superior Court. Well, you go to court now, it's the only courthouse. It's the Superior Court. Well, it's the only one. Of course it's Superior. No, it's Superior to the small town judges. Now, isn't that interesting? That was their history. And a, a bunch of people who wanted to charge $200, $400, $800 an hour got rid of a lot of competition by that law. It, it's it's fascinating well, how we've lost it. And now you got people that like have a a good friend was murdered. His wife is still just traumatized over the whole thing. I know the murderer. And um, she still hasn't gotten justice. 
I know a guy that's accused of um, molesting uh, his niece, but you know who's his number one defender trying to get him out? His sister, the mother of the daughter. There's some really corrupt stuff going on here. He's sitting in jail. He's sitting in jail. He can't get justice. It's a snail's pace. It's a snail's pace because they created a bottleneck in the whole justice system, and some wicked people decided to turn justice into profit. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just ripping on the system here because it's just not right compared to what the Hebrews had, compared to what we had in our early history of our country. It, it's just not right. And it, I, I'm sorry, I, mean, I, just, I could go on for hours about this, but it's, well, that's one of the reasons, John, why we have so many stinking flaws because we lost the dynamic system of resolving disputes. Well, speaking of that, we do, we do only have, real quick, uh, John, uh, is we do have limited time. Unfortunately, we only have about, gosh, less than 15 minutes before I have to shut things down. So uh, you had to finish that uh, thought, John, and then I'm going to have to take uh, closing comments, which each person, gosh, uh, literally only have about two and a half minutes to, uh, to give their closing thoughts uh, on tonight's show and on, of course, the topic 2016, the election year of the people. And so let's go ahead and finish your thoughts there, John, and then uh, if you can add in your uh, closing comments with that, I'd appreciate it. And then here's how we're going to do it. We're going to have uh, yourself, John, and then we'll have Gene, and then we will have, uh, let's see, Susan, and then I'm having a brain freeze here, and then Cindy, and then on which way I want to do it, and then uh, you, Kelly, and then I'll have to close things out. But literally, it's only going to be, uh, a couple minutes because we got uh, so many, which is great, on the line uh, to do so. So go ahead, uh, John. Yeah, I was going to say in respect to what Kelly was just sharing, in my humble opinion, it even started before that because the Declaration of Independence, you know, when it speaks about the government is instituted among men deriving its just powers from the consent of the governed, that was predicated, in my opinion, on the fact that we all looked at each other as equals and we weren't going to run roughshod over each other. So the heart of man got corrupted. And then when the lawyers figured out that they had so much knowledge and that knowledge was power because they could manipulate the less knowledgeable, then they decided to make it a, a money deal so they could guarantee all of them, a, you know, that's just one other perspective. Now, and my closing comments and stuff, I, I really want to say thank you for everybody that's participating in this call and showing our due consideration to each other and not um, jumping. See, I'm not the greatest presenter, but I know communication. I think you do well, John. But communications are very important, and we don't. We, you know, I parse information, and you guys, just like when you said about the referendum a show or two ago, and I don't know enough about all the referendum, but I know that there's always some scamming stuff going on in the background, even though referendum in its most basic standpoint would mean all people vote, but I know that that's not the way it usually works, so I'm always skeptical about what people say, and I don't know all the ins and outs. So I just wanted to say it's very um, inspiring and encouraging to hear a people get together and do like the founding members of our country where they flesh out their ideas and they give consideration and respect to their fellow man 
and ask qualifying questions to confirm that each other's understanding each other because we can talk past each other all day long. It's not going to help us make our world a better place. And so I, I appreciate your ideas and what Kelly brought up about bringing up this list of things is right on the money. I think the details make a difference because, you know, I might like health care, but I don't care about the way they did Obamacare. So we anyway, that, I'll just leave it at that for now. That'll be a different show. And thank you so much. You ought to put a, a list, I mean, a little address or something on your web page Robert, so people can send you checks if they want to, snail mail, or they can click a link and send you money through their Visa card or something and contribute to your cause here to help you fund this stuff. Or get a crowdsourced funding site going. I yield the floor. Well, I appreciate that, uh, John. I've, I've never quite considered that, but that might, that might be. I mean, and I've told Kelly this uh, many times, and I think uh, Cindy as well, and perhaps perhaps yourself, uh, uh, Susan, is, I mean, if, yeah, if I could do this full-time and still ha- have a living, uh, that'd be great. <laughs> Something could come up uh, where I could do that. I mean, I, I, I literally would do the show every day. And for your guys, your guys, uh, you folks at Convenience, I'd probably do it in an earlier hour, too. <laughs> it's just it's the only, only hours I can do it uh, just because, you know, with you know, the family stuff, you know, daughter's homework at school, things of that nature. Um, but, but of course, you know, because I don't get home till six, seven o'clock or, or later sometimes. But anyway, uh, I don't want to take up time to talk about that. I do, but I would take up the time bringing it over to Eugene with your closing comments. Go ahead. It's been an interesting discussion tonight with all the different things that were talked about, and, uh, and I've enjoyed having a discussion with you guys, which I always usually. Usually enjoy talking with you guys. I I think that's about all I have on my mind for right now. Reserve the right to maybe kind of jump in a little bit. Well, thank you very much, uh, Gene. Uh, and you, of course, you're always welcome. If everyone is to uh, you know chime in and, and be a part of our show. And let's go ahead and uh, then bring it over to uh, you, Susan. Ah, well, Kelly, you better get on the stick and. Uh... Get me that information. So, because um, I would <clears throat> like yeah. to convert, you could be in my my Facebook group actually that I have on in my political group that I have. Um, well, Susan, so, Susan, hold on a second. You mean that information about jury? Because I never get your email. Well, Robert, I I, I I I emailed her your your check your emails. Uh, I emailed you her uh, email address. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Check your emails because I've uh, I did email it to you. Uh, and okay. I thought I mean, so. I was walking through Chicago. Not me. This is an Australian tea party that my brother put his thing on in his in his page. And I saw there was a Muslim bookstore. I was wondering what exactly was in a Muslim bookstore, so I went in, wandering around taking a look. The clerk stopped me and asked if he could help. I didn't probably look like his normal clientele, so I asked, do you have a copy of Donald Trump's book on his U.S. immigration policy regarding Muslims and illegal Mexicans? The clerk said, get out, get out. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's good. Do you have it in paperback? That was Ted Nugent. (laughs) I thought you might. 
Well, you're breaking up there a little bit, Susan. So I hope the other folks heard it better than I did, to be honest, because I didn't, I didn't hear that too, uh, too well. Um, but okay, well then that's, uh, and perhaps we'll hear it on the on the archive better. Uh, let's go ahead and bring it over uh, to you, Cindy. Go ahead. And thank you, Susan. Um, all right. Well, um, uh, I just want to say uh, thanks for the suggestion, John. I'm glad to see you've. You've jumped on the Trump-Gingrich train, so to speak. <laughs> um, I know that you don't feel as positive or, or as optimistic about it as some people do, and I have to say I'm with you on that because, as you know and I know, Trump's never had a voting record to have to deal with in Congress or uh, in a state house anywhere. So we don't really know what we're getting with Trump. Um, if you look at his uh, businesses and you look at the people who know him the best and you hear the things that they are saying about him, and it sounds like what you see is what you get. So uh, Trump normally wears all his feelings out on his sleeve, and so that's one reason that I feel like we can trust him to do what he says he's going to do. Um, uh, and... Uh, so, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, try to support him as best I can. Um, I really like that he is not bought off. Uh, this is what happened to Newt Gingrich, and it's one reason why a lot of people abandon him and don't really support him for the vice presidency because they feel like uh, former Newt, Newt Gingrich supporters from the presidential election in 2012 feel like he quit too early. But you cannot continue a campaign on air. It takes money to run a campaign, and they jerked his money out from under him. The Koch brothers, mm-hmm. they got the Koch brothers, they got the Koch brothers to to pull out, and there was one other guy, um, they that you know, big money that they that they pulled out, and you know, thanks to our good Adelson. friend John McCain, uh, yeah, Adelson, and and thanks to our good friend John McCain, it, that's what it's going to take these days. Uh, is these big corporations' money in order to get mm-hmm. you. So I really love it that Trump does not have to take corporate money because he is richer than uh, all of us put together. Um, and I don't mean just all of us on this radio show. <laughs> anyway, so um, <laughs> no, that would be nothing. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, glad, to, glad to hear your suggestions about getting on the Trump web, website and, and writing him an email and also uh, calling the campaign headquarters. That's an uh, excellent idea. And I think uh, w- once we have more signatures on this uh, petition, we will be handing that over. And then, you know, maybe um, he's, he could possibly already be number one on his list anyway. Um, he has always spoken highly of Newt. So anyway, that's all I had to say. Um, uh, I did have one other comment, but then it won't give it any time for Kelly. So go ahead, Kelly. Well, your closing thoughts, Kelly. The what? Go ahead. Yeah, uh, we'll do um, a couple minutes for closing thoughts, and I'll have to close things out. Well, Christina has inspired me because she's a unifier. I love how she called us the team. And I would agree with that. I think we're a team. And I think um, if we, you know, the, the willing participants, I hope everybody 
uh, tonight that's called in would participate. I think we're going to come up with a list of 20 or 30 awesome, amazing things because, you know, I don't have all the answers. And the way I communicate might need some editing or what have you. Somebody else is going to come up with three or four other awesome ideas. That like, that's brilliant, you know. Let's add it to the list. Um, so as a team, I think we can come up with something absolutely stunning. And, you know, the Constitution was a team effort. The Declaration of Independence, yeah, Jefferson wrote it in three days, but it wasn't still in a committee. Had some changes. Um, so I, I just, I am so looking forward to those who want to participate and, um, and just seeing their feedback, their input, their their thoughts. I, I'm just, I'm excited about this, and more excited when we, when we as a team take it and, and email it to Christina. And I would encourage people not look at her list because there's natural laws. Okay, natural laws of liberty within our heart that our Creator gave us, and we were free from our first breath. So if naturally we have a list that's extremely close to uh, Christina Tolman's, it's, it's, it would be so even more exciting to see the comparison. So I'm telling, encouraging people to not look at Christina's list to see if we naturally agree. So, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm going to work on this tonight after we hang up, and I'll get it on uh, the group page and uh, go from there, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that, Kelly. And, of course, appreciate everybody coming on. And, gosh, I wish I had more time. I thought we could uh, put some more on here. Um, what I do, we got, got about eight minutes uh, to close things out. I want to use uh, to the last two or three. I'm going to be talking quickly uh, because I want to play an audio clip. Uh, and I hope this uh, kind of concrete things for uh, you, John, and also for you in the audience uh, to go out uh, to Stand United dot org uh and do backslash petition backslash gingrich uh with a slash and then four and then another slash trumps another slash vp or you could probably google it at this point maybe find it uh so it's www.standunited.org uh, uh backslash petition backslash gingrich for trumps vp uh, between each word there's a dash uh so Hopefully this next clip I'm going to play uh, will kind of bring you more on board uh, with what we're trying to do here. America is magic. That's why cynics and academics and Europeans and others never quite understand this. And we're magic because we really do believe that we can be a city upon a hill. We really do believe that we have been endowed by our Creator. And that isn't an act of arrogance. It's an act of humility. Because it means we have a responsibility. We are people who have been placed on this planet with the opportunity to extend freedom all the way to every human being. We care about people so much that if there's a tsunami in Indonesia, we're there. If there's an earthquake in Turkey, we're there. If there's a hurricane in Honduras, we're there. Part of us has a tear every time a child is lost anyway. That's why if you watch our news, we, get, we pay such intense attention when children are lost. Because every single child is a child of God. We've gotten off on the detour. And we've done this before, 
and we're in a little bit of a mess. And we've had a weak period of political leadership. And we have bureaucracies that think they're Europeans and that we're only subjects and they can order us around. And we have judges who are alienated and think that they actually represent some international worldview superior to the Constitution. Uh, and we have a news media that reflects the academic world and the academic world that reflects the fantasy of the left. And so all those things come together. And we have some problems. We are the wealthiest, most extraordinary society in the history of the human race. At this very moment, we are the largest economy by a large scale. We are capable of pulling away from China as decisively as in the 1990s we pulled away from Japan. We have the most powerful military in the history of the world. But we have to come back to grips with a decision about who we are. And what I would say to every young person here tonight is, you're at the edge of a revolution in scientific knowledge that is going to liberate you in the next half century fully as much as any generation of Americans. I'll close with a person I admire a great deal that Chris and I did a movie about, Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was born when he had horse cattle. When we went out and filmed the movie, and we were at the ranch, I saw it, and the ranch was very small, 1950s style building. I saw this picture on the wall that I'd never seen before. It was Ronald Reagan in the 1930s in a U.S. cavalry uniform. Not from a movie, but from an Army Reserve unit. Reagan was in one of the last horse cavalry units in the U.S. Army as a reserve officer. He'd grown up. He, he was born before motion pictures had sound. He went to Hollywood when Technicolor was brand new. He evolved into television which had not existed. And he spoke to the nation about the explosion of the space shuttle and the death of a teacher in space. All in one lifetime. And so he believed that you ain't seen nothing yet. And I would say to every young person here tonight, we will be back. We will rebuild the country we love. And we will save the planet. You ain't seen nothing yet. Thank you very much, folks. So hopefully uh, that uh, helps a little bit. No, oh, let me get that music off. <laughs> there you go. And so I will be closing uh, things tonight. Uh, we are working on, of course, for the show for next week. And once again, as I said in the beginning of the show, uh, I'd like to dedicate this show to Robin Kelly, uh, who is my first child uh, who passed away 16 years today. And so wherever you are, whether in a different uh, realm, world, dimension, wherever you are, I definitely hope to see you someday. And so I want to thank you, of course, folks, uh, for coming to the show. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. And I will close out tonight, as I do every night, and that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So we will see you then, folks. Have a good night, and take care. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. And now I'm, finding, now I'm getting the clip. <laughs> that was interesting. And we have a, a little moment of silence. Hey, Robert, while, while you're in that limbo there, 
Would you send 